Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do it live on a first Friday miracle edition of the program. How you live at threes? Well, I'm great, brother. How you doing? You know, I um, I was telling Chops in the uh, before we started the program, I've got like a kind of a groggy throat. Yeah, and yeah, and I I'm I can't imagine it's allergies this late in the year. Um, they are cutting a lot of stone, and I'm wondering if that dust is is creating it. Because I, I am a little, I feel like I have allergies, yeah. but it seems like it would be too late in the year for that, right? Yeah. No, I have no idea. I just blame everything on allergies. Everything. Doesn't matter. I guess. Like, oh, could. yeah, my allergies are acting up. Like, dude, it's not, allergies are gone. It's not that. Nope. No, they're, they're not. Gone. Not mine. Not mine. Mine are know. present. I still I see flowers and stuff. Like. There's yeah. pollen and dust. Maybe yeah. that would be the case. I don't know. I saw something last night. Uh, Amy took the, uh, had a little, uh, the blonde had a little girls' night thing with some friends. Yeah. So I took the boys out to dinner, and um, it, for, for, it's great. Like every, it seems like we're all normal and everybody's back and away we go. And and so it was so busy, it was hard to find a place to actually be able to sit down because there were so many people. Yeah. I think people have just waited for so long. You know, everybody's excited, and uh, we finally found a spot and we sat down and uh, so me and the three boys and we were getting um, you know, having a little dinner, and. There was a family that that moved that that sat next to us, husband, wife, two kids, boy and girl, and I'm I kid you not, the dad, for the entire time until the food showed up, did not lift his head out of his phone. Oh man! I mean, for third, I mean, it was, it I I didn't want them to catch me staring or even looking, but it was so amazing to me that it was taking place. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kids were little. They were like our kids' age, you know, probably, yeah. you know, nine and six, something like that, a boy and a yeah. girl. And, um, and he, I mean, he was just, that's it. That was it. Singularly focused on what was going on. And I thought, boy, we, and I, we fight it. Um, you know, my nine-year-old now, there's some of his buddies who have phones. And so, like, he wants, you know, to think he needs a phone, which is insane to me. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of them will like they'll have like their parents' old phones so that they can do like messenger apps and all this stuff. Right. Um, and I just anytime I see anything, I just take it. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's an up at dawn siege, brother. Yep. Like you got to fight it constantly. It's crazy. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, nothing like dropping off your daughter at a you know six year old cheerleading practice and realize that a couple of the girls have phones and you're like, wait, what? Wow. Seven years old, six? What are we doing? What are we doing? Not a chance. Thankfully, she hasn't even asked for it. Somehow we've uh, kept them even away from YouTube, you know, so there's none of that yeah. going on. Uh, we're still heavy into all the thousands, it feels like, of toys that we have, little, whether they're animal figures or whatever they are, dinosaurs, 
We got a dinosaur a phase listen, lately, Doug. which is great. Dinosaurs are great. I can do that because as I texted you last night, quite different <laughs> evenings for Mr. Bishop and Mr. Laurinaitis as um, I, I was saying how I was on a new episode of Mira, Royal Detective on Disney, yeah. which I'm sure, sure you've never watched. And then I no. said that was only because I couldn't handle a third show of Barbie. I couldn't handle it. So I said, let's go Just to something different. Yeah. Yep. So Mix I'm sure that's how your night went. Mine was a little different. Um, after we got done with dinner, we uh, I introduced the boys to Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Last Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. So that was a little different. Um, I was I forgot how much you know for Bootsy. There's certainly some stuff that's on the edge of what's appropriate. So I've seen it enough that I could say you know close your eyes, don't look, you yeah. know those type of things. Um, it was interesting though because uh, Beamsy, my seven year old, was like. You know, what is Indiana Jones, Dad? Is he a cowboy? Is he a hero? Is he, what does he do? And I'm like, well, you know, he's an archaeologist. <laughs> What's an archaeologist, Dad? Well, they dig in the dirt for old stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And I said, so I kind of settled on he's kind of everything. He's kind of a cowboy. He's kind of a hero. He's kind of, yeah, he's smart. Pretty good dude. Mm-hmm. Although, it seems like he robs things. So, you know, I don't know, but it's damn entertaining. I'll tell you yeah. that. It's damn yeah. entertaining. Yeah. So we got through some of that last night um and and then uh and then got him to bed. So that that was very very good. Um which was cool because it led me to be able to see some of the end of the Brooklyn Bucks game. And before oh, we yeah. get to that, uh where Durant said, "Okay, uh okay, Mr. Sports Guy and uh, Columbus, Ohio, who says, yeah. well, now you we're going to see what me? it's like you to think be. think that I can't do it? You don't think I can <laughs> think be LeBron? I can't do it, LeBron? Watch. Yeah. Wait, you just watch. Yeah, I'll do watch it against the learn. two-time MVP. Watch what I do. Um, before we get to that, though, there is some breaking news. Chris Paul is in the NBA's COVID protocol. Um, they swept, obviously, Denver. They are waiting in the Western Conference uh, for Utah or the Clippers, but he goes in. So we saw this with John Rahm at the Memorial, and mm-hmm. – we know what that's going to be for him. I'm not. I, this just has happened, folks, in the last ten minutes or so. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen here. You and I talked that this type of thing was going to happen. So yeah. what are we going to do here? Like if he's asymptomatic and yep. he, you know, like are we not going to let him play? Like where are we here? So yep. this is this is our big one here because you know he's and one is this of the most protocol because of contact tracing or is this like test positive? Honestly, it came so quick. Um, as we were starting the show, that I didn't get a chance to read Shams's. Shams was the one I'm pl- pretty sure who broke it. Um, yeah. That I have not got a chance to even read the details on on what it is. If it's a close contact, if it's a positive test, um, all I know is that he's in the in the protocol for the NBA. Um, and this is a that's a huge huge development. Obviously, yeah. they're in the Western Conference Finals and playing very very well. Uh, yeah. Just swept Denver. And he has had such bad luck with injuries in the past. And to be, I'll be very candid with you. I don't even know what it means. Is he down two weeks? Is he need multiple tests? No, CDC is ten days now. No, I have no idea. I mean, honestly, I say that, but like everyone, everyone has different rules. Says it's sidelined for an indefinite period of time, and depending on the medical circumstance and isolation period, could be shorter for a vaccinated individual. Which I think implies that Paul is vaccinated then. Does it, or is it, it just saying seem, yeah. we'll find or out? Or is it just saying that we'll find out if his if he I got is a question. Not. If you're vaccinated, do you not have to wear a mask then? That's On what the it is bench? in the NFL. 
because I, I see like coaches that aren't wearing masks anymore that are a little older, so I assume they're vaccinated, right? But then all the players yeah. that get subbed out that are wearing masks, i.e. LeBron and all of them on the bench, is that just caution or are those guys just basically giving away that they're not vaxxed? I was thinking about that the other day because I'm like, well, I see some trainers and the head coach aren't wearing masks on the bench here, but all these guys are. I think, well, what's, I think the, what's what? going on is is everything is being done to incentivize vaccination. Oh, of course. I, mean, I saw that firsthand. I was in Berea yesterday watching the Browns, and um, if you've been vaccinated, it's freewheeling, man. You do whatever you want, and if you're yeah. not, then it's different. even though you can still transmit it and carry yeah. it. Is that it? I mean, everyone's well, just. Tre- I guess it's treatable. I, you know, I don't. I don't. I don't know. More treatable. I, no I don't. Idea. Idea. All I know is that, but like, I. That's what. Like, that's I asked. Happening. I asked. I'm at home this week because I said, "Why well, tested negative on Thursday to come home into the United States?" And our company's travel policy says, "Well, stay home for seven days." Okay. Right. Well, I guess I'll come in next week, but even though I'm negative, so I literally have nothing. But that's all right. If it makes you feel better, I'll stay home. It's all right. I'm going to my guest bedroom right now, <laughs> staring <laughs> no, at the I wall. Don't, I don't. I really don't know. Um, and then even now, even more from the NBA, Kawhi Leonard expected to miss Game Five tonight against the Jazz with a knee injury. Mm. Um, so, so he's out. I mean, it's going to be KD Stan. Uh, the Paul one is very interesting. How it is, I'm fascinated by how this is handled. Because chops, would you say I mean, indefinite amount of time is what what they're reporting? And then if you're vaccinated, out. you're not well, showing know symptoms. What the, that's what I'm wondering. Right. Like, is it? I a have no idea. Obviously, is we're it, all learning yeah. a bunch of stuff, right? I I don't know. I all I know is that, like, if I get a flu shot, then no one tests me for the flu. You know, and I, right. I'm not saying this is the flu. So don't. I'm just saying the flu is the nearest thing that we have, right, to where you get a vaccine yearly yeah. or a booster or whatever you want sure. to call it. But I just wonder, and I'm not a doctor, so I have no idea. This is pure ignorance. I, I just wonder if you had the flu shot or if you had the flu, like, I'm assuming your body's willing to fight it and take it on. And it's going to help you take that on. And what if you don't have symptoms, but I just randomly went into a minute click. You know what? Just text me for everything. Oh, actually, you have some of the flu in you. Oh, I don't feel a thing. I'd go about my normal life without that knowledge of being I'm getting, saying all this that if Chris Paul is asymptomatic and hadn't gotten tested and was vaccinated and he goes out and plays boom on ball like why we why if he's vaccinated why are you testing him why are you testing him yeah well right. we, yeah we and we don't know so that then, so as chops implies that maybe the hint about it being shorter if you're vaccinated my argument would be like well then why are you testing him maybe he isn't vaccinated and that's why he got tested cuz isn't the incentive to get vaccinated so you don't have to wear a mask and get tested yeah I don't know. I'm just uh, no, like I said, no, no, this is I don't either. Ignorance. I, I don't either. Don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Um, this is an. In, I would just say this is a. This is the first major one of these that has taken place in a tournament playoff situation because he he makes a huge difference for that. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, for like, sure. He's yeah. He's he's the, probably the most important. You could argue Devin Booker, but it's I, yeah. You know, well, I just remember seeing. Him. I don't remember the exact stats. I don't have it in front of me, but I remember seeing like. Wins, losses, and points, and all that with him on the floor and off, and you're like, "Holy smokes!" Yeah, you know. And and this is because, like, look, during the regular season, I'm not paying attention to what's going on out there, you know, yeah. um, as far as numbers and all that. And and but you're like, "Holy my goodness, that's a huge, that's a huge one there." Yeah. Now it may not be that big of a deal because they could, you know, if the other series goes the full seven. I mean, they're only in game five tonight, so if the other series goes yeah. the full seven. You know, it might be a point where he would be fine by the time that we get to that point. But uh, pretty big news there on the NBA front. Uh, and the NBA stole the show last night as well with Durant. Um, 
no Kyrie Irving. James Harden was hobbled, still played 46 minutes, which is remarkable. Um, one of 10 was not himself, said he gave the best he could. They needed him just to be just a decoy, yeah. and he was. He never, he played the whole game, minus two minutes. Durant played the entire game. He had 49, 17, and 10. And this is why there is a faction of people around the league who were disappointed he went to Golden State. Fair yeah. or not. Yeah. Because this is what he's capable of. Yeah. I, I remember saying this over the winter. He's the best offensive basketball player I've ever seen. He's seven feet tall. Yeah. And he shoots it like Steph. And he's got handle. And I don't really know how you defend him. If I really don't. I, yeah. To me, he's almost... There's no antidote to him. I'm not saying he's the best player of all time, certainly. I'm saying right. he's the best offensive player I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and he... In a in a big moment when they had to have him, he said, "I got this," and yeah. he was unbelievable last night as they took a three games to two lead uh, over the Bucks. I I just uh, when I when I think about him, is he one of the guys? Obviously, there's guys like Steph Curry and all that as well. But when you think about someone who has benefited from this era of how things are called, yeah, sure. Because think about his frame. And he doesn't work down low, so I'm not, you no. Know, he like, shoots he, jumpers, you know. He's a shooter, so I guess. But I always wonder, and this is what's and we do this all the time in football, right? How many? What would Tim Brown's stats be, or even Jerry Rice playing in yeah. this era? Like, imagine Jerry's number numbers if he couldn't get touched after five yards. Oh, right. Like those dudes were were beating him up down the down the field. It was college rules had, back then. He had fear yeah. over the middle too. Yes, yes, he had Steve legit Atwater, Chuck Cecil's. Yes, Steve yeah. Atwater, Chuck Cecil, like guys that literally wanted to end That's, your career. The job. That was the yeah. job. The job was, I mean, Mike, buddy, I even remember my first year in the league, first few years, you could lay out a crosser. If he wasn't looking like a wideout, your job was, like a little Danny Amendola comes across. Remember in practice, Danny Amendola comes across, get out of your zone, go light him up. Make him afraid yeah. to, to come across the middle. And then they started calling those fifteen yarders. Vontez Perfect never got the memo. And then, right, you know, <laughs> and then you, you kind of move about your day, and it changes. Now these receivers can go across with no fear at all. So imagine Jerry's numbers in the same way. I imagine, gosh, how would how would some of these players back in like Jordan's day have fared if it wasn't so physical, right? Like I just think about KD's just stature. And I think I think that's a great point. I think the other thing is is he can go vice first, versa too, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's for what, sure. It goes both ways. He's the first guy who was inspired by a more European style of play. Yeah, um, and and grew up seeing like Nowitzki, you know, big guys who could shoot, right? Like mm-hmm. the fact that a seven footer learned how to do that. Previous seven footers, you know, even Garnett Duncan, like they were back to the basket. That's how they were trained. Yeah, they evolved yeah. into sh- into mid range shooters, but that's yeah. not who they were. Right. He was the first seven footer that was a face up guy. Yeah. You just yeah. wonder. I, I I get that. I just wonder. Like it's not. He doesn't just. Like, you know this. He doesn't just shoot. Like on those moments no. when no. he drives or when Steph drives the lane. Oh, that's yeah. those are the moments where you're like. Do they even Someone. think like heck? No, I'm not driving. I'm not now. I'm a spot up. I'll create shoot out here. But like the whole idea was, I'm going to try to challenge your toughness. Yes. And I'm going to try to challenge to see: Are you willing to come in here and take this shot over and over and over? And by shot, I mean this this physical blow I'm about to give you for trying to get a layup. Are you willing to do that? Like same thing for Steph Curry. Like Steph would be an elite shooter in any era. But yeah, 
if they could follow Steph like they could Jordan, how many how many of those layups do you grab think he's him. trying? You know, yeah, and, and grab him and and, and grab him and, and throw him to the ground yeah. and like right. that's a whole nother that's a whole nother factor into longevity and all these things. And look, I mean, they can't help it. It's just, but that's why I think you judge you judge in eras, you know, you because to. it's just it's different. Um, yeah, and and when there's a kid like you know you watch Trey Young, like he would he would not work. No, five years ago. No, somebody that slight, yeah, would not work twenty five years ago. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the game has evolved, both of them, NFL and NBA. And obviously, the answer is get more offense, and everybody seems to like it, and that's where they're at. Um, so, some big news on on that front. Uh, big program for you today. It is a uh, first Friday miracle edition of the program, so we'll get you officially endorsed. Uh, it is a Hey Guys first Friday, so get those questions into Chops at nine seven one BLS. Hashtag hey guys, you can ask us anything you want. We will answer those questions for you coming up at 11 o'clock, provided it doesn't get us kicked off the radio. Uh, in addition to that, we are on to program number 13, most interesting, the Florida Gators on slate today. Uh, a former Buckeye could, or at least a former Buckeye commit, could factor big into their plans this year. We will have a, a conversation about that as well. Uh, and, and Uncle Bo had a little time uh, up in Berea with the Browns. I'll tell you what I saw there coming up uh, a little bit later as well. Off and running here on a first Friday. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. The first and the best. Your home for all things Buckeyes, Jackets, and former linebackers making inappropriate innuendo. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Bo is well-groomed. James brings the boom. You are listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. And this is First Friday Miracle brought to you by my great friends at Chattanooga Whiskey. Drink better during happy hour with award-winning Chattanooga Whiskey 91. The only Tennessee high malt bourbon handcrafted from four grains, including three specialty malts, distinctively rich, complex character. It's available at your favorite Columbus retail store. Drink Chattanooga whiskey and enjoy it responsibly. You know what I did uh, over the weekend? First uh, first cocktail I had in a while with the back. I had one on Saturday, and I did uh, I did this with a little bit of, of sauces uh, peach. Mm-hmm. Little, How'd that wow. go for you? Jeez. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, like a, like a peach bourbon iced tea over yeah. rocks. Holy smokes! That's what a, a job he yeah. is. He is a master distiller in his own right. He really He's is a man I mean, of uh, real taste. You know, there, that was nice. He is a uh, a very simple human being. That's for sure. And just some skills that he has are just completely random, and yet um, completely awesome. And one of those is that's right. You know, it's so warranted, so welcomed. The yeah. gifts, the gifts are so welcomed. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, and it paired really nice. And you could do that Chattanooga ninety one with. Uh, I gave last week. I did a peach uh, tea, um, uh, a peach sweet tea with uh, that you could use that with. It would be great uh, in the officially endorsed. So you could you could use that for sure. Um, lots of crazy stuff happening in the NBA today. Chris Paul in the COVID protocol. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's going to miss at least game five and perhaps the rest of their series against Utah. So that's, you know, two of the five or six most important players in the Western Conference who could be out for indefinite amount of time. We have no idea. This coming on the heels of Durant's performance last night for the Nets. Um, and then yesterday, the all-NBA teams um, were were released. And so the first team all-NBA was Steph Curry, uh, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Nikola Jocic. Think of think of this from this perspective. And this is when we talk about the NBA trying to or the NFL rather trying to get to Germany. You think of the NFL trying to find ways to play games in Brazil, 
mm-hmm. play way, games overseas. Three of the five are foreign players. Yeah. European players, in fact. Yeah. Three of the five first-team All-NBA players are European players. Yeah. There is a growth upside in that league that there isn't in the NFL. It's the right. only it's the only thing it has on it is that this is a sport that continues to grow globally at an elite level. That's what I'm wondering. What so the ratings ratings worldwide for football versus basketball? Because I know it's a, football is America's sport, but as you see this yeah. and you try to project out a decade or two, you just always wonder. Like I don't, I don't see basketball ever topping, toppling football here. No, but I when you have all NBA players in all these other countries and people staying up in Greece to watch the NBA, are they doing that for? I mean, there's not NFL players. You know, there's some from Canada that have come down. Been really good. Every now and again, you'll get a guy from Germany, um, mm-hmm. but there's a worldwide growth to it. Um, and I just wonder, also, like if you're, you know, if you have a Turkish superstar over in the NBA, are you really watching the NBA, or are you going to watch your pro league in Turkey? You know, that's local. That would be and- fascinating. That would be fascinating to know. Like, are you dialed in? Yeah. You know, with in you know in Greece, are they dialed into every Bucks game to watch Giannis? Right, or are they watching you know, their own know. league? You know, because they can go to the games and they can see yeah. the. Pe- you know, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I have no idea. Likewise, like I don't watch the Premier League just because there's um, what's his face over there balling. You know, like yeah, yeah. So I watch the crew because they're local, and I, you know, if it's a nice day out, Shelly and I can go down to the new stadium, and boom, there we are. You know, yeah. But I'm not. I'm also realistic that the next generation under me is more of a player thing than it is a team thing. Sure. Um, especially in those sports. But Well, and, and I think, the, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that, that I th- take note of here is you're talking about the last three MVPs. Giannis won the last two. Jokic won this year. If you're going to bet futures, it would be Doncic would mm-hmm. be the most likely next couple of MVPs. Yeah. I mean, they're starting to stack a little bit. They're starting to stack up. I mean, who's the most like nonchalant superstar? Tim Duncan or or Kawhi Leonard? I think you don't hear a thing. You know, it's funny. I was having this conversation with the boys last night. They said, "Well, who are you rooting against?" Because you know, a lot of their teams have been eliminated. Beamsy likes the Sixers and the Nets a little bit. Yeah, Uh, but everybody else's teams have kind of been eliminated. And and they said, "Well, who are you rooting? Who are you rooting for?" I said, "I don't really care. Probably the Nets, I guess." And I'd like to see the Jazz if Connolly can get healthy again. It'd be cool to see Mike, you know, play in a finals. That'd be mm-hmm. sweet. Um, in the East, you know, anybody other than Brooklyn. Um, and I said, probably, I guess I'm probably anti Clippers. And they said, well, why? And I said, well, you know, I grew up a Lakers fan, but, you know, they were never somebody that the Lakers considered. But I said, something about Kawhi bugs me. Yeah. And, and I said, it just seems like he's so mad all the time. All the time. And it's, it seems like everybody t- talks about how great he is. Yeah. He's clutch. And yet he always seems like he's mad. So well, it's like, what's your problem? the other day, like, 0-2 Kawhi, because both series they're down 0-2, and then yeah. finally he wakes up. Um, yeah. It's, he's frustrating to watch, because, like, you'll, when you actually, like, zoom in and watch him, you're like, man, is he good. Oh, yeah. there's some nights where you're like, is he all there? Like, is he Yeah, is he present on the court, you know? And so it's, yeah. when he applies himself, he is one of the best, obviously, all-NBA yeah. first team. 
yeah. thought when I look at this though, I think of Steph Curry and the reemergence yep. of hey, don't forget I'm still here. I still um, got it. I still got it. I'm still yep. here. I agree. Wait till my splash brother gets back and you know, we're we're gonna be relevant again. And obviously no LeBron James. And I know there's injury involved and all that, but yeah. you start to look at this and you say I don't know. Have we seen the last of LeBron James in an All NBA first team? Yeah, but it, it's possible he probably would. He would have made it this year if not the injury. But then, yep. but that's not fair to say because right because that's if part not of it. the injury is part of it. Right. Whether you're old or young, injuries factor in. Right. There's a plenty of young players we've said, oh man, if not for injury, what would have he yeah. done? You know, if not for injury, if not for the injury. Yeah. Um, well, with so, LeBron, you're talking two of the last three years too. He's been lost big time games to injury. Yep. Not like a dozen games to go to Miami and get hair plugs, like thirty games. Gosh, so job out of you. it's it's a very what was the thing know, with what was the thing, thing with Kyrie again? Remember when he missed? What did he miss? Rhinoplasty. For? That's right. Got a nose job. Remember That's that? right. I missed mean him. nothing. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I can't even deal. They had a deviated septum. So what are you going to do? You got to get those things I sorted out. Really. Yeah, uh, but I thought it was fascinating, and that that type of growth that they have is something that I don't know if it's duplicable. Certainly NHL can do it, MLB can do it in Latin America for sure. We're seeing that. Uh, but the NBA having a true European influence that is pretty remarkable right now. Um, and, and so that is, that's, that's a really interesting development. Interesting developments yesterday in Berea Brown's uh, mandatory minicamp. Everybody was there. I'll let you know what I saw. Um, and some attention getters to say the least. We get to that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Can't get enough Buckeyes? We've got you covered. The Buckeye Show. The Buckeye Show. Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. It's Bishop and Laurinaitis' is What's Up? What's up, man? What's up, Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. All right, here's what's up on a first Friday miracle edition of the program. Browns in Berea yesterday hitting the field. Everyone accounted for the uh, the full roster there, um, including Jadavian Clowney and yeah. everybody else. And there was a there was a lot um, to take in just from the standpoint of, of we just haven't seen. Him. I was lucky enough to be able to be up there and and check it out. And be- before we get into some observations, I would just like to give proper credit uh, to Young Threes because I remember in <sighs> boy probably mid January um, you said. You need to take a look at this Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, and yeah. you you need to you're gonna you're gonna be kind of blown away that this is kind of this guy'd be a pretty good fit uh, for the Browns, and you were the first person that I remember mentioning him uh, in any in any way, and and what when I was thinking about what they would do in the draft in the lead up to the draft, I thought well they want elite traits, and and you want someone you know if you can find elite traits, obviously corner was number one, and they. Mm-hmm. Got Newsom and thrilled about Newsom, um, but would have taken Owusu uh, Koromoa if Newsom wasn't there. He very likely could have been picked at twenty six overall. It's just amazing that he was there in the second round. So this was my first time seeing him in person. You know, just kind of yeah. the way he floats. Yeah. And what I would say is that his, you know, sometimes you and you know this, uh, you've seen guys like this. There's a muscle twitch that yeah. certain people have that others don't. Yeah. And even amongst greats, it shines through. Like these guys are in, let's not make too much of this. They're guys in helmets. Like let's let's yeah. settle down. Like it's not no one's hitting, no one's even running full speed except for little bursts here and there. Um 
his legs move like pistons. Yeah. And his his quick reflex, buddy, and I know you saw this on film, but seeing it in person, it stands out amongst a bunch of standouts. Yeah. He's twitchy. He's got wow. a little he's got a little little uh sudden change to him. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's uh, as I was looking at mock drafts and I was thinking about okay, in a perfect world, you know, you'd have some corner fall to the Browns. But, you know, I know they don't like linebacker, but when you see him in person, Bo, you don't just see a linebacker. You see versatility. You yeah. see a guy that I don't want to say positionless because he can't play it. You know, he, but he's Isaiah Simmons like. You know, there's yeah. a, a feeling to him where I'm not going to stress if he's out there on a tight end, a running back. If he's lined up in the slot against certain guys, I'm okay. Newsflash: most teams' third or fourth wide receiver. If you want to expose on a linebacker, very few rosters have a third or fourth guy to where you're like, all right, we got an issue. You know? Um, yeah. And. So, like, if you have, like, a Danny, I love Danny, love Danny, but if Danny's working in the slot, you know, and you got a linebacker, you say, okay, we can survive the down, because he's quicker than he is fast, right? And Jeremiah's twitchy, he's going to be able to stay inside, boom, throw, even if it's throw catch, it's four-yard gain, tackle him, here we are, second and six, we're fine. Um, There's a a certain feeling to it. Now, I'll never forget, like, (laughs) when we used to play cover two with Greg, and I'd be sitting there in the, I have number two, to the speed side of the field. I have to stay on top of him. And even though he was old, we're playing the Niners, these dudes put Randy Moss in the slot. I said, Greg, I'm lining up at nine yards. I don't care. I'm not playing the run. There's no play action step for me. I'm getting I'm getting back. Deep as the deepest. And uh but with Jeremiah you don't gotta worry about that because the guy can fly. He can run. And then, you know, with his ability to the blitz, and then all of a sudden you, you drop Grant Delpit down in there, and you're like, okay, well, who's who? Who's blitzing? Who's actually the, the box player? Who's actually the blitzer? Who's going in coverage? And, and things start to get muddy for the offense. You mentioned the dime over and over, and, and yeah. he's the perfect dime LB. Yeah, yeah, he is, and he's going to play a lot. He's going to play a lot. He's going to. I think he's going to start, and I think he's going to play a lot. Um, he's just so... There, there's a, you know, it's kind of like the only thing I can think of, you know, just the first thing that came to my head watching him was, uh, was Ryan Shazier, how, how fast Ryan was and how yeah. explosive he was. Um, and he, I mean, Koromoa's f- footwork and stuff kind of resembles more like a corner or a receiver, like the way he's able to pitter patter his feet. Like you don't usually see that out of somebody with his size and his size was viewed as a, a, a problem. It's not yeah. going to be a problem. He's going to be more than fine. Um, so he was really, really impressive. You mentioned the other guy that I wanted to see was Grant Delpit. So Grant Delpit was is all of six three. He doesn't look up at many people out there. He looks great. He he was running like I mean he was shot out of a cannon. He yeah. was shot out of a cannon. He had change of direction. He was everything that you thought he was going to be a year ago. They will be very, I would just put him on a shelf and say, we'll see you against Kansas city. Um, because when they had, when they have an ability to put him and John Johnson and Harrison and Coromoa out there, and the four of those guys are out there, they can cover so much ground and Delpit's size, I think is going to really allow, he's bigger than people realize. They list him six, three, I think two fifteen. He's every bit of two twenty, um, yeah. and and he he can just 
cover so much ground. So that that was a that was another really big attention getter from the Browns' perspective. And the other thing I would add, and it was honestly probably the number one takeaway, even more so than Owusu uh, Koromoa or Delpit, was Odell Beckham Jr. ran routes. Yeah. So he's seven and a half. What are we? Seven and a half months from ACL surgery. Yeah. And he ran routes without any what appeared to be any sort of limitation. Yeah. That's a that's a big that's a big sign. That's a yeah. really good um, bit of news there for for Browns fans. And I just saw the one I was reading. I think it was Jake. I don't know who it was. Sorry, but I Reed saw Jake. that he's he's Greg Newsom jumped uh, jumped a little uh, out route that Baker threw or something, and could have had a maybe a pick six if he could have held on to it. That would have been a good way to start your rookie yeah. mini camp off, taking one off yeah. the franchise QB. There's there's so much there's so much star power out there that it's hard to even yeah land on. I mean, you forget Newsom's out there. By the because, way, by I the test, way, I test real quick with Clowney and Miles Garrett standing next to each other. That so wins. It's funny you say that. That it's wins getting off the bus. I was just going to say, here we've done all of this about what we observed, and I didn't even get to the fact that there is a human being now standing next to Miles Garrett who's the same size as him. Like, is that Miles and alone? Jade, I thought Jake had it Miles Garrett. Next to standing next to each other, oh. that wins off the bus always. That's yes. undefeated off the bus. And so, imagine if you're like a puny, you know, undersized center or guard, and you think, "Thank goodness, I can just work in here on pass rushers that are D linemen, D tackles, right?" And then now you're like, "Hold on a second. One of these two guys might loop in here and be. I might be exposed one on one with a little bit of space on either Clowney or Miles Garrett coming full speed." My gosh. You know what that was? That was Justin Smith and Alden Smith. Just, the yeah. Different body types. But I'll never forget like our centers just thinking like, okay, Justin Smith, I got to drop my hips, be ready to bull rush. He penetrates. Oh, wait, no, I got to pass it off. And now here's athletic Alden Smith with a little bit of space because Justin has now taken this guard and separated him two yards away from me. And he was center looking like a long snapper in <laughs> all that space. Yeah. Oh. The the, yeah. the stunts and the games that will go on to free him up, but uh, athletically there's just not too many people, and this is why J- J- uh, people are like, well his production isn't there. Yeah, you want to know why he's still in the league? Draft the number one overall, and then when you watch him move for the size that he is athletically, coaches just go, well, well that doesn't humans aren't formed like that every day. So you can't let me teach try to that. get something out of him, right? You can't coach it. No. No, no, you have that or you don't, and he has it. And he and Miles next to each other is its a, an incredible sight to behold. Uh, it's that type of physical gifts that they both have. Um, so, yeah, it, it was pretty darn impressive. Tommy Togia looked pretty good, too, by the way, um, nice. in, in what is going to be a really crowded uh, defensive tackle room. But but he w- he had a lot of burst to him, and, and he looked pretty good out there. You'll hear from Coach Stefanski on all of this uh, coming up next. You listen to Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. A show that knows its limitations. Still learn to control that. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. And brought to you by great friends at Window Nation. If you're in need of search for a place for windows, check them out at windownation.com. They'll take care of you the way that they take care of us at 866-90-NATION. Today, here was Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski yesterday when asked about what he saw from Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, it looked good to me. Uh, did some individual drills, did routes on air. Uh, you know, he, he's still progressing through. Uh, I think he's seven or eight months post-surgery. 
uh, ACL surgery, and he looks a lot different than I did uh, seven or eight months post-ACL. So I think it was just the doctor he had. Um, He looks pretty good to me. (laughs) The doctor he had. Just had a better doc. Better doc. Yeah. No, he, yeah, he looked good. I mean, he, he, he made a, so it's the left knee and he made a, uh, he ran a, a post yesterday using and with the, the break coming off the left knee and there was no hesitation in it. I mean, none. Um, and it probably wasn't full speed, but it was probably 90, probably 90%. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's incredible for them. I think people forget how dominant he was like in the Dallas game. Yeah. And, you know, the, he's still a home run hitter. He's not what he's, he's never going to be what he was in 16. Mm-hmm. He's not catching, you know, he's not 16 touchdowns, 1,800 yards. Like, that's not happening. Right. But he's someone you got to worry about if he's out there because he can still break it. Yeah. He is um, – he always has the potential to make those crazy plays. I just don't think you'll have the consistency, as you mentioned, that he displayed that year. Um, between the hip and the knee, there look, there's compensation now going on in the body, right? The yeah. year before, it's the hip – so are you subconsciously compensating on the hip and then now the knee gives out and so now you're rehabbing the knee and you're focusing on that area and building up your quad and all of those things and now it's like, okay, well, what else are you just unaware that is at risk of being hurt in a violent collision sport, right? So that's the hard thing when you start to get to that point that he is at with age and with injury and when you are that explosive yourself, you know, when you're an explosive athlete and things aren't in total alignment and balance, and it's one of the hardest things to maintain that stuff because I'll tell you right now, like there's a lot of stuff that people have done um, as far as functional movement, it's called usually. You know, that's the term where it's a lot of very boring, uh, monotonous little things. We used to call it like little prehab stuff. We used to have a whole medical team would come through and they had to do all these tests, right? So one of them is you put like a bar on your back. Now it's like a wooden stick essentially. And it's something to do with, they measured the length of your heel to your hip. And then that's how long you put your feet apart. And then now you got to lunge down while balancing on this thing. That's about the size of a two by four and left foot forward, right foot behind and a lunge both on this balance beam essentially. And can you perfectly go down, touch your right knee to right behind your heel and back up without falling off your balance? They look at your knees, your knee going out, is it going in? Where are you compensating? And then they flip it, right? So do the other one. And then there's another one where it's the same thing. Like they put a bar at your knee and then can you put your, can you stand, keep your toes up, go straight over this bar, touch your heel on the other side and come back. You know, can you lift your right arm up, bend it back behind your head? Do it right now. Whoever's listening, put your right hand up above your head. Then bend it like you're trying to touch your thumb down to like the middle of your spine and take your left yeah. hand and then put it behind you and see how close they would measure how close your thumbs were. And if you go on the other side, you'll notice, holy smokes, one side is way closer than the other. I'm doing it right now. My right hand up is about six inches. My left hand is about 18 inches apart. And so they say, why? Well, I got something going on in my shoulders, obviously. And so then there's yeah. all these little tiny exercises, Bo. Okay, go into the weight room. After you're done with your lift... You know, like you're not in a time crunch at all. Do all these little rope things and do them for sets of 35 and you're sitting there bored and you're like, this is dumb. I just want to go play, you know, and those things are meant to correct where you're deficient, but it takes incredible discipline to stay consistent on them because it's called prevention. 
And prevention is tough. We all talk about rehabbing. We want to just be able to get back to know. No, how do I get my body completely aligned all the time in a sport to where week by week it'll be knocked out of alignment? And that's tough. It's really tough as you age. It is. It's a great illustration out of you. Um, I, I would say one thing for Odell that if you're a Browns fan and for him just personally, um, father time is ticking. Yes. It's been a while. Yes. You know, I think he's pretty hungry to how many seasons does he have left with all of these injuries? Right. Um, you know, he, he's made all the money. Like, so I think he's supremely motivated to show that he can still, it's been a long time. Right. It's been a long time. And that's the hard thing so. is that you're, he has to come to a realization and you won't at this point, but his better, his best plays are probably behind him. Doesn't mean he still yeah. can't be productive. The same way with Julio Jones. Like Julio Jones's best days are behind him. He's not going to have with the injuries that he has. Doesn't mean he still can't make a play. Doesn't mean that you're not going to game plan against him. Doesn't mean all of those things. But the days of you being completely healthy and feeling great for 17 weeks now, no, no, that's that's gone. That's gone. And so it's how can I maintain week by week and not get frustrated? Because in your mind you trick yourself to thinking, no, 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 no. See, now I'm healthy. Now I'm ready. Now here comes 2016 Odell. Well, buddy, you're you're five yeah. years older. What do we, you know, like you, serious injuries, multiple injuries. You know, it's it's. Yeah. I know it's where you want to get mentally, and you have to tell yourself that. But it's tough. It really is tough. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, coming up in the eleven o'clock hour, you'll hear from Coach Stefanski on Baker Mayfield and his understanding of the offense, and and maybe a wrinkle of something that you might see more from them. Uh, coming up next season. Coming up next, though, we get into program number 13. It is the Florida Gators, one of our former quarterback recruits. At one time, the future of the quarterback position, we certainly thought at Ohio State, will be called upon to lead them, and it's a big one for them this year uh, for Dan Mullen's team. We get into them coming up next. Bishman Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Simultaneously passing the eye test, the smell test, and the ear test. Huge win. That's a big win. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Isn't it funny? I mean, forget we got to deal with name, image, and likeness. Coach Day testifying. God. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, how busy they are right now, and that's how important it is. That's how Wild West it's about to get. You know? I think you were, I think it was last week you were off, and there was, like, Georgia had set up a quarterback with a, you know, uh, an incoming freshman quarterback on on a, uh, endorsement. Why not? It's the future. I mean, there it is. Well, and it's even smart There's to do it. And not, not you don't need to do JT Daniels. Do the freshman. No, this is what happens if you come yeah. here. It's brilliant. Yeah. You know, JT will get so. his. Yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, Quinn yeah. Ewers. Yeah. I mean, hey Arch. I mean, I tell you, if you really want oh, Arch geez. Manning, you want to go to Clemson. Come on, hey, nationwide, step up. Let's go. <laughs> There's a direct path. For, I mean, we're here. You're in town. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it amazing that, like, I just, the translation, by the way, of, hey, you know, we it's better for the players. This is, it's time. We need to do this translation. Y'all, we need to recruit and we got to compete. And you yeah. want us to compete. You want us to win, right? Go Bucks. Pass the bill. That's all Ryan had to say. Yeah. If you want us to compete and win, pass the bill. There's no, yeah, there are a few go things around all more these dysfunctional little... than, like, the, uh, the, like, Ohio State legislature, right? Um, but yeah. there's one thing that is universally accepted. Put Ryan Day in there, and everybody goes, "Yep, what do you need, Coach? What do you need?" Yeah, exactly. Need? We'll, we'll and, and to be honest, 
part of that, like we joke about it, we'll worry about but it. But part of that is what makes it extremely dangerous when we've had to talk about Bo and Joe Pa because that's the culture of like, what you need, coach. Yes. And obviously, I'm not yeah, comparing. What, what can I do to help you? To it, but I'm saying that's the general current of college football, big time college football. Is yeah. What do you need? What do you got to do? We got to win. What do we got to do? Yep. Yep. And it goes across party lines. It goes across yes. racial lines. It goes across yeah. everything. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a pretty. Uh, but but him there tells we you got our own government here in state and multiple governments across every state arguing over who has total control in the next pandemic in regards to yeah. mask mandates. I mean, I was reading how many states now. I want to say it's in the teens that have basically said next time there's a pandemic, the health commissioner doesn't have the right to do a mandatory lockdown, blah, 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 um, or mask mandates. I think in Iowa, you can't shut down schools ever um, for any health outbreak, whatever. But like, mm-hmm. So we're arguing about these things now. Um and we're arguing about vaccines, and there's lawsuits. I saw the the medical lawsuit where a bunch of nurses and stuff didn't want to get the vaccine, and now they're suing the actual hospital, saying that it's unlawful for them to tell them they can't work with it. It's a whole bunch of deals, right? Like We have all this arguing yeah. in politics, but man, they made me like this. Everyone's on board. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. What do we need, Go Bucks. Let's what pass this through. We passed yeah. it 112 to nothing. What? Yeah. <laughs> no nays? Yeah. Unbelievable. No, nothing. No, no dissent. Um, and the same would be true if you did this in Florida, uh, frankly. And there, there oh, would be course. a law named "Would You Like This?" quickly in Florida. They're in, I think yeah. they're in line. But it would even happen in California. Georgia. I mean, oh this yeah, is, this is goes to oh, our yeah. point. This is going to it's our universal. Point is, it's beyond politics. Yes, our yeah. point is whether you're Florida, who has Governor DeSantis, or whether you're Governor Newsom in California, yeah. handling these two things completely different on every other issue in life. Yeah, but yet in college sports, not on this both, issue, yeah, not in this one. It's a, I mean, honestly, we found the one topic. It's really remarkable that can unite yeah. America. There it is. We found it. College football. There yep. you go. Um, so this is an interesting program, uh, the Florida football program. They're number thirteen yeah. on our list of most interesting programs heading into twenty twenty one. They are probably the best example of how how slippery the slope from great to kind of mediocre can be, because. Yep. The University of Florida has everything that you want. They've got. Yep. Uh, they don't have money like we do. They don't have money like Texas does. But they've got a lot of money. They're the. They are the. They are the bull. Big bully in the state of Florida by a yep. pretty wide margin. Their proximity to talent is ridiculous. Um, their the experience there is great. Um, the difference is that they have not always had great coaching. And despite all of the advantages, and I think the University of Florida is without question a top ten job in all of college football there's been times when i thought it was a top five job um the the one thing that they don't have is winning when they don't have great coaches they have and they have missed on yeah. a lot of coaches um and if you go and look at the last 25 years at the university oh yeah go look at the last 25 years at florida and you think about what spurrier did to put them on the map and by the way before spurrier got there there wasn't a whole lot of history at the university of florida now, they had mm-hmm. Emmett Smith, and they had Steve Spurrier, but they didn't win much. They didn't win the SEC. Spurrier changed that. So he put them on the map. He allowed for them to compete with Miami and Florida State, won a national championship, obviously, there uh, at the University of Florida, his alma mater. He leaves. They hire Ron Zook. Now, Ron Zook is basically their Brady Hoke. Yeah. He could recruit. He yep. just couldn't coach. Yep. And so enter Urban Meyer. And Urban um, – was was Urban's impact was immediate, won two national titles, and it put on the field three of the best teams the university has ever seen. He leaves, and they're not over it. 
Even yep. still, they're not over it. Um, Will Muschamp, they take him from Texas. He was coaching waiting at Texas. They bring him to Gainesville. He kind of stumbles around a little bit. He only gets three years. He goes 11 and 12, 11 and 2 in his second year, then 4 and 8. Then they bring in, uh, Jim McElwain. Actually, I guess he got more like, you know, three and a half, three and a half years. Um, they bring in McElwain. McElwain's there for, for two and a half. He's gone. And then Mullen. And they get Mullen. And Mullen has stabilized it. They've gone 10 and 3, 10, 11 and 2, 8 and 4. Um, it's funny. If you'd asked me what their record was last year, I would have thought it was better than 8 and 4 based on how much I saw them and right. how much we talked about them last year. Right. Would you have had yeah. that? No, no, I wouldn't. Have I wouldn't have either. With Trask and Pitts and Tony, I thought they were. I would have thought, without looking at it, I would have thought they would have been like ten and two, nine and three. Yeah. But they were actually eight and four a year ago. Yeah, I. Um, so when I think of them, and you and you mentioned the talent, and you're like, man, losing Tony and Pitts and Trask. I heard Trask looks really good. Um, you, you start to Where wonder. Is he? That's a great question. I was honestly, that's why I left it blank because I don't remember. But I, was, I, I saw it on <laughs> Get Up, so it must early. be true. Yeah. I saw it on Get Up, um, and I was, I heard about how like in the rookie stuff he was looking really good, really yep. crisp and smart and all that. Um, Trask is in Tampa Bay. Boom! Oh, there it perfect is. Perfect spot. There you go. Yep. And so, um, which is very unlike Bruce Arians to like just he's not going to compliment somebody out of the blue, you know? Um, yeah. He's a straight shooter, but. You just wonder, like, what is the status? What is their culture? Because you're right, eight and four. You win the SEC East, so you're going to promote it. You're going to pump it. But your head coach tried to leave for the NFL, and then he gets slapped on the hand for his recruiting stuff. And oh, extension. So what? What is the? What's the culture of the program? Um, and then as you see Emory Jones being basically their quarterback, which. When I'm in the pool at Turks and Caicos, I'm talking to a Gator fan, and he's talking about how like they really are hoping Emory, you know, explodes onto the scene. And it just dawned on me, like, yeah, he was supposed to come here, but that explains the absolute spoiledness we've had at the position, yeah. and yet also the strength that we have at the position to where we lost a guy that like a, a SEC East team is begging for this kid to be the real deal. We lost him in a recruiting thing. He was supposed to come here, and yet we haven't skipped a beat. Like if this happens, like, to, yeah, like go ahead, Emory, we're good. Yeah, we'll, like we'll if Emory Jones direction. left Penn yeah. State, which it did happen, his name was Justin Fields. You right. see how it sets back that program. Like Emory was like, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling. It. I'm like, I'm like, okay, go. We'll be all right. We'll see you down the road. And I remember being at a Friday Night Lights with him. Um, and it was him, Danny Clark, and Emory, and uh, Tate Martell. They were all here, and yeah. you know they were all ballyhooed guys. And by the way, let's look at that. And none of them ended up here. I mean, yeah. they ended up here, but didn't didn't end up staying. Um, but he was head and shoulders above the other two. Yeah, just as a attention getter, like literally in regard to Tate. Well, literally, <laughs> physically head and shoulders above Tate, <laughs> uh, but also just like you could tell. Now he was yeah. raw. But mm-hmm. you could tell, like, oh, I this this is the one that's going to be a little special. Like, I remember walking yeah. out of Friday Night Lights that night in the summer and being like, okay, that's the future. That's the future quarterback at Ohio State is Emory Jones. Yeah. And so you don't get him, and yet look at our quarterback position. Yeah. And it just it talks about the identification, the and, and what I've loved to. And I know this is an Ohio State segment, but you can. I, the point is, is that Florida is depending on this kid. 
and and really I believe their success is going to solely be on him. You know, like our, if he is elite, like we all think he can be, then Florida could be right back there flirting with you know with at least making the the cocktail party fun. You know, I don't think yeah. that they're better than Georgia. I think um, that Kirby's done a nice job out recruiting Florida and has been consistently um, right there. And, and look, with JT there in, in Georgia, you figure that they have to have the the leg up on the Gators. But mm-hmm. I guess I guess I'm just I'm I'm in a wait and see mode with the Gators. I'm in a wait and I see of like was be. last year waiting winning the SEC East. Are you for real? Um, you know, are they you? They stumbled set? into Kyle Trask. Yes, they stumbled into him, buddy. Remember? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Felipe Franks goes down. I believe in the Kentucky game. Trask comes in. This was two years ago. Comes in, plays well, and then last year is really good. Um, but like, they didn't have any antis- any any way of knowing that Kyle Trask could be special. Right. They didn't. And right. and I think it's fair to ask the question, and that's why I think they're interesting because if you look at you know, Georgia clearly is recruiting on a level that we recruit at, that Alabama yep. recruits at, that Clemson recruits at, maybe even better than Clemson. Uh, I mean, they're, they're recruiting at that level. Florida right now is recruiting at a decent level. But yeah. going into year four with Mullen, they're not on that level. And right. they're not really even on the LSU level, right? Right. And they're not getting the five-star quarterback kids. Right. So, it, you know... That's the that's the really fascinating thing to me about this because this program, guys, I'm telling you, um, I did not cover it the way that I covered Florida State. But the way that we would do it down there is I would cover Florida State unless Florida played a monster game or there was something big happening in Gainesville. So in other words, I covered the Florida LSU games. Um, I would cover Florida Georgia. I would cover Florida Tennessee when that game mattered a lot in those days. Um, I would go to the big press conferences with Spurrier, like those type of things. I was at Urban's. So yeah. those – I, I know what that program can be, and it has everything at its disposal, and it feels like it's been stuck in third gear for a decade. Right. It can't shift. Right. And it doesn't make sense because they have right. everything. Yep. And you saw it under Urban. You saw what they yeah. can be under Urban Meyer. And it's like they've just been swinging for that ever since. And it's a whole bunch of, like, I don't, it's a whole bunch of, I don't get it. I don't understand. Why is it this way? Does it feel to you like there are that they're the SEC's Penn State? Yeah, that there was a window and they can't quite get over it. Like they can't get in it. They can't. And you know what it is? It's it's back to back quarterback recruits. It's a transition of like you're Florida. You should like skill position in the state of Florida. Like that should D lineman. That should just be a given. Like you should you should look at this and say Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony. Okay, who cares? Who's next? That's right. the way it should be coming out of that state, and you should just be okay. Who's the, and now it's it's a place where you're they're just swinging. It's the it's the quarterback position. Emory yeah, Jones has to be the answer because if Emory Jones is the answer, you keep the momentum, and then it allows for the next recruit, and then the next one, and then you get you get on a roll. But you got to have somebody, I mean, and if they you don't, then, then get... you're Penn State. You're, you go from Trace McSorley to Clifford. Yeah. That's why I brought it up. And it, that, to me, that's why when you think about who they've recruited historically at quarterback, I mean, you, if you think about going way back, you know, Brock Berlin was the number one quarterback in the high school with Spurrier. They were recruiting those type of players. Urban, I mean, they got Chris Leak, who was the number one 
quarterback in the high school in high school they got him zook got him um they recruited uh tebow and cam newton and john brantley all on the same team a year apart and go yep. look brantley up he was a gatorade national player of the year like they've yep. done they've done the quarterback position thing right they've got heisman trophy winners at quarterback right yep. but they haven't in a while it's where they've fallen flat. They haven't yep. been able to get that position. And there's that's why I think there's a lot of parallels between them and Penn State, like in terms of getting close, but did you miss the window? And this is a monster year for Mullen. Because if he if they revert, yep. boy. Yep. Uh, they have a chance momentum. to be in the window, and they have yeah. a chance. But if they revert, then that, that then you start wondering, maybe that's why Dan Mullen tried to go to the league, quite honestly. Could be. Maybe because he realizes, shoot, if I don't repeat this with the expectations here in the SEC East and with how Georgia has done, with all that going on, how I'm not going to have a job. They'll run yeah. me out of here. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, that's that's kind of what's expected there. We'll hit the categories with Florida. Nick Delatore will join us at the bottom of the hour on the Gators. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. The only radio station still operating with an active booze cart. I'm drunk right now. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. The Fan. Ohio sports destination. Big in Montana and also Minnesota and everywhere else, too. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. And the signature Cabtree Fan Golf Classic presented by Delta Dental of Ohio and Logan AC and Heat Services takes place Monday, July 12th. Kinsale Golf and Fitness Club. All benefits the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer and the James Cancer Hospital. Register your foursome now at 971thefan.com. Top of the next hour, we will hit your Hey Guys questions. Get those in. Hashtag Hey Guys to Chops at BLS 971. Time for the categories on the Florida Gators, the number 13 most interesting program according to us. Favorite Florida player ever. Mm. This is a lot to choose from. Um, it's hard to name some that I played against. You know, that's just it's hard for yeah. me. So, but one of the guys that influenced me, and this is because I used to be at his position, and then realized I'm nowhere near what he is at that position. I need to change positions. And that's Javon Curse. Javon Curse oh, was pure joy to watch off the edge and yeah. I loved him there I loved him at Tennessee and obviously I, I wore um, his number because of it when I was a freshman in high school and then I had to change positions because I realized that I was I was not that way off the line of scrimmage few were to be fair few were that way I mean he was for the kids uh, go Google it because it's absolutely unbelievable. Some of those late night. I'm going to go Danny Werfel here. Um, yeah. They were the first team uh, when when I was in high school, small school, Montana. We were the first team to spin it and throw it around. And the offense we ran in small school was very similar to what they ran at Florida. And I thought Werfel had the best his ability to throw touch passes to the pylon um, and hit those receivers. Riddell Anthony, Ike Hilliard in stride was just a thing of beauty. Uh, loved watching him play. And then I just loved Spurrier. Spurrier was um, just such a delightful human being to cover. Just so delightful. Yeah. And what you, I'm telling like if you were able to like have a, a cocktail with him, you'd have the best time. Like yeah. He's everything you think he would be. Um, and just sarcastic as can be. Um, and, and just very aware of who he is, which is entertaining in and of itself. Uh, best Gator why team. He's so beloved, right? Yeah. That's why oh, he's yeah. so Oh, yeah. I mean, he went there. to South Carolina, recruited and coached against him, and they named a field after him when he came back. Right. I mean, he is 
the reason why he's loved so much is strictly because of that. Is the yeah. fact that he has this ability to talk with everyone and just be completely um, accessible, you know? Yeah. And that's what makes him, him so beloved there. Uh, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, incredible. Best team. I'm going to go with the, was it the 08 National Championship? 08 is the squad. Yeah, that's, yep. the, that's the correct answer, too. Yep. As good as they were, you know, with Werfel and those guys. Yeah. I'm going to, so let me just do this for you real quick. They lost to Ole Miss in the swamp. That's the Tebow speech game. They lost 31 yep. to 30. Here yep. are their other scores that game, that season. They beat Miami 26 to 3. They beat Tennessee 30 to 6. They beat Arkansas 38 to 7. They beat L- number four LSU 51 to 21. Um, they beat Kentucky sixty-three to five. They beat number eight Georgia forty-nine to ten. Beat Vanderbilt forty-two to fourteen. Beat number twenty-four South Carolina fifty-six to six. Beat Florida State number twenty-three forty-five to fifteen. Beat number one Bama thirty-one to twenty. Beat number two Oklahoma in the national championship game uh, twenty-four to fourteen. That's Harvin Tebow. The backup quarterback is Cam Newton. Yeah, I was looking at Tebow was the leading rusher with seven hundred ninety-two yards. Um, Percy Harvin was second. Chris Rainey, Jeff Demps. Jeez. Um, Light, top Laney four. and Demps? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Lightning fast. Yeah. Cam Newton had, had a, you know, five carries for 15. Yeah. But um, their defense <laughs> could fly, too. Spikes and those guys. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm looking at their receivers. Uh, Lewis Murphy, Percy Harvin, Aaron Hernandez, sure. Riley Cooper. Um, yeah, that's the team. That's, that's the answer. It. Yep. That's the answer. Stadium grade for the Swamp. It's got to be an A to an A+. I mean, the fact that it's called the Swamp down there, it just, yeah. it's elite. Yep, it's, it's elite. an A. It's an AA+. It's as good as it gets. Um, it's hot. It's everything you think it would be. Uh, the thing that's amazing about it is the proximity to the fans to the field. It, they're so yep. close. There's really no space anywhere. So it's so loud. It's built straight up. Um on when and I've only really been there for really big games. Luckily, have you been to uh, Iowa? Is it awesome. closer than Iowa? I've not been to Iowa. It's a, the only. It's the hole in my resume in the Big Ten is Iowa. I feel um, like if 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 you walk behind the bench at Iowa, you're getting grabbed by a fan. That's how it is at Florida. Yeah, yeah there's no room. There's no room. Zero. Which uh, I BMO because then you can you can yeah. hear conversation. Oh yeah. Especially when oh, you're it's winning. great. That's when you enjoy it because it, you know it starts off Shut the conversations, up. the trash talk, and then. After you know, get a big stop. I remember when we played at Iowa. The only year I played at Iowa, got a nice little sack on the first series of the game. Nothing gets you settled into a game than a big play in the first series, you know. So right. we were in quarters. It was a little bootleg, and uh, our scheme at that time was: if you're off of number three, which I was in quarters, you come around the horn, you capture contain. You know, they've pinned the end with the tight end. So if they're going to pin the end, we need an extra rusher. That was the Mike Backer. Boom, roll, boom, Drew Tate sack. And then you go over to the bench. And you're, what, what were you saying? What were you saying Excuse before me? that series? Come again? What Shut up. I, I Sit it? down. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> Big man on campus grade, Gainesville. UF. I'd have to give it an A, right? It you, is. You can go yep. back. I mean, it's the best look, one. I just, and the reason why I say it is I think of Spurrier. I think of Tebow. Like, these guys are putting statues for you, for you before you're even gone. That's, well, that's the other eight. thing about it, buddy, is you can go back. I mean, there's not much to Gainesville, but you can go to Tampa, yeah. Orlando, or Jacksonville. Because they're all Gator towns, so you can go to any of them. 
So yeah. the, it's and they love. So the, I mean, you yeah, you, it's it's pretty good. Uh, uniform grade for Florida. I love them. I love them. I give them an A. I, I, I go B plus. I like the white helmet. They have a white helmet that looks really sharp yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, they, they the script gators on the orange is good, too. It's a unique color scheme, obviously, and they they lean into it. It's good. Yeah. Um, would I recommend going? Yes, for sure. Um, if, if you're one of those, if you're a group of friends who does like a, you know, a, an annual fall football trip to places where your team isn't playing just to see college football, yes, go to Gainesville. Uh, it's really important, though, that you that you go for a good one. You know, yeah. don't go for them against Citadel. You know, right. go for a, go for a good one um, because otherwise you're just going to sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah. if you can go, for, especially a night game like a three thirty CBS kick in October, yeah. that's that's where you're at. That's or I guess it'll be ESPN kick next year. Um, program ceiling. I just put Urban. Yeah, like Urban had them at their ceiling. Their ceiling is yep. national titles. Um, and what's fascinating is that they're just. Their coaching hires, and that they haven't been able to consistently be in that picture, um, yeah, is pretty, pretty, um, I guess, alarming. To be honest, is like, how, how do you not have? I mean, you have recent national titles, and then it, it, it just goes from national title level. You feel like to almost like irrelevant. There's no in between with them. They didn't um, fall off quite the way Florida State did, but there are a right. lot of similarities. No doubt. No the doubt. fact that they're both down is hard to yeah. wrap your head around. Right. Would you buy stock? This is a tricky one. I, I would know. because I feel like um, here's why. I think it, it just dep- it depends on the waves you're going. Um, at worst, you're a middle of the road SEC East team, and if you get the right guy, you've shown it with Spurrier, you've shown it with Urban. There's a there's a quick rise. You just yeah. but also you got no one to sell that stock, right? I mean it's. I don't know if Mullen is the guy that's... I don't know if you're going to increase on it, but even if you buy it now, I don't think you're buying it too high because Georgia still is the bully in the East, I feel like. So you're buying it at a point where you're festering. It might dip if Mullen leaves, but if they get the right guy, it can quickly spike back up. The state of Florida is ready for one of those teams to just strangle it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. The only national champion in the state of Florida in the recent years is UCF, you know, and it's self-named by Scott Frost. So, yeah. Yeah, if I were the University of Florida, I would pay Pantone like a million and a half to come handle recruiting, and then I, that would solve the problem. Yeah, like that's what I would. And he's a, he's an alum. Like, what does it take? Like, I I want Mark to stay here forever. But like, if I were the University of Florida, I would say you come you come run this, come run it. Yeah, because we don't we're not organized there the way that we need to be, and you yep. are. Yeah. Um, we hit uh, we hit the uh, go behind enemy lines with the Gators coming up next, Nick. Della Torre will join us uh, from Gator Territory coming up next. You listen to Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. News, opinions, and insight all before breakfast. Rise and shine with morning juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. Pushing the limit of how many times you can say the word thing in one show. That's the next thing. That is the next thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Hey, Bill Bishop, James Laurinaitis with you here on a uh, Wednesday edition of the program. Time to head on to the Brian Eating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline for a visit with Nick Delatore. Covers the Gators on the beat for Rivals Gator Territory. Nick, thank you so much for taking the time. From your perspective, 
and the perspective of the fan base, not to say that those are necessarily aligned if they aren't. This offseason, the, the momentum of the early part of last season, uh, you get some NCAA stuff with Dan, obviously. You get flirtation with the NFL, then extension. Where are we with the Gators right now? Yeah, I think the the frustration was probably at, at an all-time high with Dan right at the end of the year with three losses. Um, then the NCAA stuff comes out, and then, you know, uh, Adam, Adam Schefter sent uh, the Florida fan base into a spin, you know, with uh, just one line on, on uh, you know, before NFL games. Um, but I think right now with um, – after a couple good weekends of recruiting, with the visits happening um, with recruits right now, uh, I think Florida fans are kind of gearing back up and, and, and getting ready the extension. Um, obviously, Dan's going to be here for, you know, uh, another, another three years added on, so it's back to six years on his contract. I think fans are just getting excited again. Uh, but certainly the way that the season ended, um, you know, th- there was frustration. But uh, I think overall, Florida fans are happy with the job Dan Mullen's done. Nick, how big is this season for Dan? Because as winning the SEC East, going to the title game, the whole, the whole, I guess everything that comes with that, right? The momentum of that, and and right. obviously first round picks, and and Trask was, uh, I mean, it sounds like he's doing great down in Tampa. There's just a lot of just momentum around the program, but you have to be able to back it up. How how big is this year for Dan Mullen as far as really saying, yeah, the Gators are here. It's not just a one year blip, but but we're here to contend. Uh, in the SEC East, year in, year out again. Yeah, and it's not just getting to Atlanta. Uh, Jim McElwain right. found that out pretty quickly. Yep. Um, if you get to Atlanta and, and you know, and, and act as, uh, you know, Alabama's chew toy, Florida fans aren't going to be happy about that either. So uh, you'll get Alabama early um, and uh, get to see where you kind of stack up against the Crimson Tide, you know, week three. Um, but I think I think your, your point is, is really valid. You know, Florida needs to um, – not have you know uh, another eight and four season. I think if you look at the schedule, it kind of it's tough. You get LSU and Alabama, but um, it, it's going to be interesting with a new quarterback. I think Dan Mullen has shown a good job of being able to build his offense around his quarterback and around the pieces that he has. Um, so you won't see Emory Jones throwing the ball fifty times like Kyle Kyle Trask did. Um, so I think he's got his hands full just reshaping and, and basically rebuilding the offense. Um, but yeah, your your point your point is valid. He you know don't lose don't lose to Georgia and LSU and and Alabama and have three losses in the SEC because then you know everything I just said nice about you and the fans uh, <laughs> will change by the end of this year. Nick, you mentioned Emory Jones. We obviously know him well, um, and and in terms of the type of player that that you kind of think he can be, uh, I've seen a lot of the PFF guys love him in terms of the type of leap that he could make this year. What have you witnessed with him, and and what type of quarterback can he be at Florida? Yeah, I think a lot of quarterbacks that can run get put into you know a running quarterback kind of um, thought. Um, Emory is a dynamic runner, um, and I think that's kind of how he's been used so far at Florida. Um, he's a guy that can take the ball on any play 30, 40 yards downfield um, with his legs. I think the the part where I'm interested to see the, the offense is he has a really big arm. So if Florida can kind of suck defenses down with, you know, anticipating the run and get eight, nine guys in the box, I think Emory has the arm and Florida has the speed at receiver, it's going to be a young receiving core after they lose a bunch of guys um, the last two years to the draft. Um, I think he has the arm to kind of blow blow the top off of defenses. So it's going to be interesting to me. 
Uh, I think it'll be a lot more run-heavy RPO, um, some option with Emory than it has been in the past. Um, but I am interested to see him throw more. You know, he threw 32 times last year, um, but half of those were in garbage time against um, the Sooners in, in the Cotton Bowl. So I'm in, I'm, I'm waiting with uh, with bated breath to see Emory Jones start throwing the ball more. Nick, what, what part of the roster going into the season makes you nervous? What, what's an area where, whether it just be, I, I doubt it's lack of talent, but, you know, just inexperience, uh, an area where, like, we, we need some players to kind of surprise us as as we go through if we want to continue to build this thing. Yeah, well, I think Florida, um, you know, I would have had my questions about the interior defensive line with the guys they lost, but they get two guys coming back in. Um they have a ton of guys that can rush the passer. I guess I'll go um, to their nickel position. That's really one where um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, right when Dan Mullen came in, kind of filled that role. And, and I think he's even carried that on to the Saints and, and been really successful there. Last year, or the last two years since he's got, been gone, Florida hasn't had an answer there. and It's, it's a, a huge position on Todd Grantham's defense. And you've seen a bunch of guys kind of shuffled through um, and, and I don't know that they have an answer as to who will play that nickel position now. And obviously the way that um, the game football has changed, you know, your, your base defense is basically nickel right now um, with the way offenses are run. So um, there's guys like Travis Johnson and, and Kamar Wilcoxon. Um, I just don't know what Florida will do at that position. It's probably one that cost them a game or two last year. Nick, I'll get you out of here on this one. Florida is uh, success at Florida this year is defined as what? Uh, success at Florida is defined as getting back to Atlanta uh, and, and and being yeah. competitive against Alabama or somebody whoever's there with them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that program reach some incredible highs. Trying to get back to it, and and we'll see if Dan is the guy. Seems like a big season down there for him. Appreciate your time today, bud. Thank you. How are you doing, guys? All right, that's Nick Delatore covers the uh, Gators for Rivals Gator Territory Board uh, on site. Good job out of him on that. We hit thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Always imitated, never duplicated. Your heritage sports talker and flagship home for Ohio State Athletics. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Top shelf conversation from top shelf gentlemen. That's a pretty emphatic situation. Bishop and Laurinaitis. And time for a little thing or not a thing. Choppers here. Hit it, Chops. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. Here we go on a first Friday. Neither EJ Liddell or Dwayne Washington received invites to the NBA Combine. They were both invited to the NBA G League Elite Camp this weekend, though. Thing or not a thing. So come back. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? Uh, I think one thing we're going to figure out here in the where we where we're heading with college basketball and name, image, and likeness will benefit guys like EJ and Dwayne quite a bit because they will be a big deal around here. And if you're looking for proof of that, look at Carmen's crew. Like, there's not NBA stars on that team, mm-hmm. but all of those guys have tremendous yeah. value and matter tremendously to this market, which is a big market. Yeah, and so you can, you know, it's okay. Not everybody is is an NBA star or even right. an NBA player, and you can still right. be a great pro, play overseas. Right. You can still be a great college player, and make a little money. Yeah, name, image, and likeness. These two guys could make money next year. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think that uh, I think that 
you know, look, I, I don't blame them for testing the waters, seeing what's out there, and weighing all their options. But um, if you come back, you can you could live a great life here in Columbus, and this fan base will be excited for what will be honestly an awesome run as you look at preseason rankings and top five and all of that. It's it'd be exciting if they come back. The Columbus crew announced yesterday that their new stadium will be called Lower.com Field. Thing or not a thing? It's a good thing. Uh, local business, um, stadium naming rights. Um, there has always been a, a bit of a fractured relationship between that franchise and the you know the money in this town, and that appears that it's mended. Um, so that that's a big deal uh, for the long-term viability, and it's an exciting time to be a crew fan. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I don't know why there was negativity around the lower.com being the name of it. I mean, who cares? If you don't like it, put your business up there. <laughs> you know, honestly. Like, I agree. I mean, it, that's a huge part of pro sports. Highest yeah. bidder gets to put their name on the stadium, you know? Yeah. And it's fine. It's I mean, really, they went from Quicken Loans to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was the queue forever. And then they changed it. Yep. Because it was better for Dan. By the way, did you see Dan's net worth? <laughs> I did not. His net worth up 630%. He's now worth like $54 billion in a year. Yeah. Mortgage company, coach. Mortgage. In a promotional video for The Match, Aaron Rodgers showed his sense of humor. Quote, it's been one of those quiet off-seasons you dream about <laughs> where you can kind of just go through the process on your own quietly. And that's all you can ask for as an older player in the league and someone who's been around for a long time and just enjoys that time to yourself. Just relax, to not be bothered, to not have any obligations or anything going on. Thing or not a thing. So this is funny, but he obviously likes this. The shirt was the best. Where it just said offended. Yeah. Um, that yeah, it, look, he's having fun with it. I can't wait to hear the trash talk that Tom lays on him um, for all this. Because one thing about NFL guys, like nothing's off the table in a locker room, and so like that celebrity golf challenge deal, it's going to be extremely, I think, extremely fun. Um, yeah, poking around about the situation. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see it. Major League Baseball announced Tuesday that every pitcher caught using or possessing foreign substances will be given an automatic 10-game suspension with pay beginning Monday, June 21st, and team employees can also be suspended or fined for substances found in their clubhouse or dugout. Thing or not a thing? Hold on. So they're getting paid? Yeah, it's not much of a suspension. Awesome. Give me me whatever substance. You're going to pay me to not play? You're going to pay me to not work. If that doesn't just scream... Never mind. I'm not going down this road. I'm not who was the road. who was the the Rays pitcher who said that this caused his injury because he was used to using resin and sunscreen to get a grip on the ball and then he didn't have it and it caused his injury. Did you see that yesterday, <laughs> bro? Between that and juiced balls, Tyler Glass now. Yeah, the, Glass the amazing, now, whatever. Incredible press conference. Here's the amazing thing about baseball, right? You have all these baseball writers who are holier than thou, and they want to talk about the numbers, the numbers, it's pure, the numbers, they go across yeah. all generations, and it's the most corrupt sport out of all of our big four. You got you got juice, you got doctored balls now by the league, you got pitchers now that are putting, it's it's all Banging a sham. trash cans. It's all a sham, the whole thing. All, Baseball is the biggest sham, and so are your writers on your high horse. Yeah. Baseball no so pure. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. 
Two more for you. Arlington Heights Mayor Tom Hayes said a new stadium for the Bears could be built there still. Quote, it's still on the table to my understanding, but it's a complete definite maybe. I'm not in a position where I could say it's a definite go or definite no go. <laughs> thing or not a thing. A definite maybe is a good way to live. Yeah, definitely maybe is. is. Uh, I see no path for this. Soldier Field is a historic site. They just put a ton of money into it to, to redo it in, as a spaceship. I just don't see any scenario where they would move the Bears out of Chicago. Yeah. I mean, our site's obviously a suburb, but I just it seems impossible to me. Yeah. They should have put a dome on the dang thing. Yeah. I know. Then that way you could at least have Super Bowls. You have Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with so you. So limited. I'm with you. I don't see them moving out to the Burbs. No way. Last one for you. Michael Phelps said he had a put-me-in-coach feeling at the U.S. Olympic trials on Sunday. Quote, this is all I know and all I've really understood. I almost feel like, for me, body-wise, I feel like I'm almost ready. I'm ready to go. Maybe put me in there. Let me do a time trial or something. It's something weird. It's weird feeling that again. Thing or not a thing? So this is actually, um, first of all, he's, he's probably the most, is he, I mean, him and Usain Bolt, most dominant Olympic athletes. Ledecky would be in that conversation too. I mean, there's Simone several Biles. others, but yeah, Sabone, yeah. So those people would be on it on just a different level than everybody else. But from a sad, I, I do find this kind of sad because he has struggled with his why. Yeah, and he's had a lot of issues trying to move off of swimming, yeah, yep. and and can't really do it. And and it's, I can't imagine how hard that would be when you're singularly focused on one thing and then you can't do it anymore. You're told to move on, but you don't know what to move on to what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go from being absolutely elite at something, and then in your 30s saying, well, hold on. Yeah, now now I can't do this anymore? What do you mean? What am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. He ain't the only one. No, no, no. There's a lot. But there is a a loneliness to me to swimming. Of course it is. It's you You in the pool. Yeah. Right. Right. So, like, when I think about that's something that he craves because that's what defined him. Of course. And that, how it's got to be different for individual athletes. And, oh, and yeah. Sports. And where do you yeah. go? Like, it's not like, you know, the beautiful thing about, you know, the team Dude, sports in North America. just go to Lifetime Fitness and dominate the swim leagues, man. <laughs> like, that's what you do. Just be that guy just in a local small swim. town at a, yeah, local league, local country club. Local pickup And just club dominate and get all these medals. Who the hell's that? That guy looks it familiar. It might not be, you know, they might not say Tokyo on it, but they'll, you know, <laughs> could say Tartan Fields. Yeah. There just isn't anything to do in between Olympics. You know, like he can work on the Olympic broadcast, but there's nothing to do in between. It's so limiting. Um, no limits to what you can ask us. And, hey, guys, uh, get those hashtags in. Hashtag, hey, guys. Get them into Chops on the Twitter, and uh, we will ask, answer those for you coming up. It is coming up next on a first Friday. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Every time Common Man starts to yell, there's always a chance he strokes out. So that's something, I guess. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan. To- Threes and Uncle Bo. If you know, you know. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. And you're doing so on a first Friday, which means it's time for a little Hey Guys and Chopper. Hit it, Chopper. Nothing is off limits. Your participation is required. Just use the hashtag Hey Guys and ask Bishop and Laurinaitis anything you want. Do it now. All right, boys. Our first one's from Russell. He says, hey, guys, my company hires a good amount of kids for the summertime. Do you have a favorite slash memorable summer job from your high school slash college years? I mean, 
Jeez, I did everything. I mean, I did everything from things that I did a job. The, the worst job I ever did was roguing fields. So this is when I was a little younger, and we would have to walk in fields and pick out weeds, fields of barley, and that we're trying to make malt for beer, and we have to hand pick out weeds all day long. Mm. Now you want to talk about stink? That stinks. The best job that I had by far was um, was beer distributor. Oh, that's great. There were benefits. Yeah, of course there are. Yeah, yeah. that was. Yeah, college, I didn't. Though. I didn't work many jobs. Um, you know, I, I life of privilege. <laughs> my first job was Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, there you hated go. it. Hated it. Um, in pure meatball fashion, senior year, I'd go over. What to department? Like, oh, like the fitness area. I'd go yeah. over there. You know, like somebody looks at a treadmill. You like it? Yeah. Okay, ma'am. If you don't know how to turn on the treadmill, I can't help you. It's the green button. Green <laughs> means go. You know. Um, and then in between, I would just go like lift some dumbbells, curl, not be seen. I only worked it for like three weeks. I couldn't stand it. Um, I, I did a I did a job one summer while I was in college. I think it was freshman year, maybe sophomore year, where I worked out for a family just doing basically like outdoor chores. I'm talking about like yeah. power washing the tennis court, cleaning the pool, um, yeah. raking leaves. I loved that because it was a ch- chance to get your tan on and be outside. And I love doing like physical type stuff um, versus just like monotonous walking around a department store. So I guess that's it. It's basically like yard work. But yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have much choice. It was pretty much you're going to, we're going right. to work on the farm and you're going to yeah. fix fence and you're going to, you know, do harvest. That's what you're going to do. The worst is when a retail job makes you do physical stuff and then be front facing to customers. So you're moving boxes or doing something and taking trash outside, like doing a lot. Then you come in and you're all sweaty and you have to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> Alex says, hey, guys, would you rather be in a real-life version of The Walking Dead or a real-life version of Game of Thrones? So have you seen The Walking Dead? A little bit. Not a lot. I don't know, man. Thrones is so gnarly. There's so many scenes in Thrones that I want nothing to be a part of. You know, I don't want... Oh my gosh! I think there's actually a, a, an easy answer to this, and it's Thrones by a wide margin. Because at least with Thrones, there is hope. It may be fleeting, but there's hope. I mean, people did have some of the characters did get to have a little fun along the way. I mean, you yeah. get to go have a little wine. Um, you get to you know hang out with with you know some ladies from time to time. I mean, you'd be off when any you're. Like I guess you, you don't can, know it, but you don't see it dead. coming. Yeah. Like the, the Walking Dead is a walking death march. There's no hope to that show, which I ba- I bailed. I watched three or four seasons. I'm, I can't take it anymore. Like, okay, I get it. Zombies are everywhere. Okay, people yeah. suck. Like, there was never any joy. At least in Game of Thrones, you could have a little bit of joy. You know, you can't tell me Bron didn't have a good time, right? It's true. He had a great That's time. True. Yeah. Not everybody has to be like, you know, like those poor kids at Winterfell that everything just sucks. Like, you could be Bronn and have the time of your life. Those yeah. those guys down in Dorne, they seem like he was having the time of his life before the That's mountain true. got him. That's true. Yeah, good point. I'm with you. Thrones it is. Eric says, hey guys, and this one's more for James. Do you have any good stories of your dad and Jim Tressel interacting? I can't imagine those two in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> for one, JT can be with any human being yes and make them feel absolutely special and important and yes jim would always 
he would always get my pops rolling, telling wrestling stories. And a lot of times, I don't even think Jim had any clue what he was talking about. But Jim could, he could get my dad going with all that. And um, but there's really nothing like truly hilarious that sticks out. Um, maybe I should ask him sometime. I never asked Coach Chuck. This is what I'm terrible at, by the way. I'm terrible at opportunities to inquire about information because I just don't think about it. So, for instance, like I've had me- I've had a couple instances where I've sat and drank a beer with Stone Cold or with Undertaker. Um, Jeez. I remember being around like Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, and never once have I ever like they would say stuff to me about like, man, your pops is so proud of you. You know, like all he talks about is his kids. You know, on the road, blah blah. blah when I wrestle with them, but not once have I ever said, hey, give me a funny story about my dad. Or give me like your best story about my pops to any of them, you know. Not, not even like Luke, not even Tress, nothing. Um, yeah, I don't know why, just heaven. Well, something you have time, you still can do that. I know. Yeah. Sean with this this one, he says, "Hey guys, he missed Monday's show. Fail," he says. Um, but he was wondering, James, about like the protocols you had to go through as you were traveling. He says, "Headed to Aruba next month." Any pointers, fellas? Just fo- just follow the government guidelines, bro. Because I know to get into Turks, it was um, got to get travel insurance. You had to get the negative test. Follow the government guidelines. Get, keep everything in physical form as well. Because although Delta or whatever airline you fly says, hey, sure, upload your test. Upload this. We'll give you a QR code. We'll give you-. No, they want to see the physical paper of your negative test. They want to mark it off on your boarding pass, on your test. And they'll ask you four more times. And just go along with it. Just go along with it. Don't. Nothing can go well from complaining yeah. in person to their face from it, because really at the end of the day, um, once you're there, I mean, all, all bets are off. <laughs> once you're there, just hope that that rapid test to come home is legit and you can get home. But uh, yeah, it's just follow the rules. That's it. Kyle with this one. Hey guys, would you be okay with leagues allowing players to openly cheat, such as doctored balls, steroids, etc., if it meant a better product to watch or just keep it clean and see what happens? I think we've we had that in Major League Baseball in the nineties. You know? And yeah. if you can put yourself back in a you know, if you put a banana in Mr. Fusion and go back to the late nineties, you would say that the summer of ninety eight was about as much fun as anybody had around baseball. And it was wild because nobody asked any questions. You know, like at that point, there was a little bit around Sosa and McGuire with the uh, whatever that stuff that McGuire had in his locker room. I can't remember the name of it, Um, but there was a little of that. Um, I just assume I just assume that everybody is taking every single advantage that they can get up into it becomes illegal and even sometimes going over that line. And I don't it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. I mean, what I what I think starts to get to be a problem is. I mean, you, you certainly don't want people throwing games, that type of stuff. But as long as that's not happening, I think any type of advantage. I mean, you think about sports in general. I mean, you think about Stick'em, you know, back in the 70s. So, yeah. I mean, people have been – look. And, and by the way, you want to talk about one of the biggest cheat codes, ask threes about receiver gloves. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, those things, you can catch anything um, with those things on. I, I, I just think, for me, it's – the steroid era was so rampant, and everything was happening. But but those guys still had a special skill. This is where I struggle yeah. with it. Like hitting a baseball has nothing to do with how much you can bench. 
No. Like obviously the recovery and sure it will go farther and all that, but those guys still work their tail off at their craft mm-hmm. and to hit a ball and to. So it's not like a sign stealing and all this stuff. I, no, I, I just like if you just said, hey, you know what, we're going to juice these balls up. Hey, if Major League Baseball came out and said, you know what, we want more home runs, so we're going to make the balls just travel farther. But everyone gets it. Sure, okay, that's not cheating anymore. That's just it is what it is. I'd be it's fine a with it. Playing field, yeah. I'd be fine with it. All right, I got two more for you. This one from Asphalt Soldier, and this one I'm not sure how you're going to feel about it, but he said as long as it doesn't get kicked off the air, I should read it. Hey guys, who with the fan outkicked their coverage the best? Oh, Bob. Gosh. <laughs> Easy. Bob. Court's a saint. She's a saint. That's true. I'll just I mean, say touche. I mean, he's lifting it, you know, five in the morning. Like, you imagine, yeah. like, just, you know, day to day, you know. I mean, I just think she's a saint. Yeah. You I know, mean, dealing with dealing with Rock and Robbie. Yeah. Those, you know, that six inch inseam spandex right. shorts while he's squatting yeah. in the basement. Um, I mean, just imagine like a mornings. Like, so he starts morning juice. You know, he's, he's, yeah. he appears to be, he's lifting during the show. Yeah. Like, the clanging of everything. Kids yeah. are trying. To, you're trying to raise a family. Like just you juiced know, up, cracking yeah, raw eggs, drinking them yeah. down next to the yeah. kids. Probably, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's court. Gosh. Yeah. Bob's, you know, just very opinionated. Yeah, it's court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last one for you guys. This is from Richie, and this kind of goes into first Friday recommendation. But I thought I'd throw it out there. Hey guys, what cocktails are we planning on enjoying this fine first Friday? Well, we'll get to the officially endorsed. Uh, this is a tricky one, though. Uh, in threes, I'm curious where you go here because it's a little cooler than what it's not 85. You know, so you're not you don't necessarily need a thirst quencher. It's almost this is almost like a zero temp. Like when you're 70s, it's almost like it's not hot or cold, right? So you, you everything's opened up. Yeah. And it's pretty yeah. mild right now, so it's hard for me to, you know. I, I think I think Richie got a lot of options. Is is the is the opening here? We'll get your officially endorsed in a second. What do you go to on a day like this, like on a seventy-two? Seventy-two. I'm pro- I'm probably if I'm not sweating, I typically go to bourbon on a day like this. But if I'm, yeah. it's like once I get to sweaty, that's when I start to almost get like in summer. It's like tequila starts yeah. to come into my mind. But I I'm not like beer. But I hate how I feel drinking a beer because then I just feel just bloated and massive and a meal and heavy and yeah. lethargic. Um, and who wants to feel those things? Besides no, jobs. you don't. You don't. You definitely don't want to feel those things. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting one because it's in between. It is. Uh, and I, I like what you said there on the on the on the sweat with the bourbon because if if you reach a certain temperature, um, bourbon becomes tough for me. Like it, it to me that is a at night. Uh, it is a winter, fall. It's perfect fall, spring, like all of that. But then once you get into summer, like if you're in the sun, I, I don't do bourbon in the sun. So I'm with you. Then I go the tequila route is probably the way that I go. Or I go yellow belly. I go one of those things. And yeah. maybe that's the way you do a little course. Uh, keep everybody happy. Maybe that's there what we'll go. do. Um, all right. We will, uh, good job out of you guys. Good job out of chops on that. We will go around the NFL coming up next. You will hear from Kevin Stefanski on Baker Mayfield and his, uh, understanding of the offense, perhaps what they want to do. Also, Matt Nagy on the Chris Collinsworth podcast on Justin Fields and his chance at getting some playing time early in Chicago. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan.
Season ticket holder from day one? Us too. Now and forever, your flagship home of the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. The linebacker, the legend, the liquor cabinet. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. And if you're in the market for a new set of wheels, the only place to go is Jermaine Toyota of Columbus. DeLacy and his staff will make sure your car buying experience goes as smooth as possible. They have 200 used cars on the lot right now. I've seen them. Might be less actually now. I don't know. Maybe they've sold a bunch. But when I was there a couple weeks ago, there was 200 plus on the lot. And if you can't find something that fits you, they will do their best to find it for you and get it delivered here for you. Go to 5711 Scarborough Boulevard or online at JermaineToyota.net. All right. Yesterday up in Cleveland, mandatory minicamp. Uh, the entire team was there. The entire team will be there today as well. And then Thursday, probably a bit of a half day. And then away you go, and you'll see them again in camp. Um, this is the first time that the entire offense has been there. The offense has largely been away, um, I think in part because of J.C. Treader being the president of the NFLPA. And he had some comments yesterday before. And with, that always leads to some awkwardness as he's you know on the field after after saying some of the things he said as the president of the NFLPA. Um, but this this offense is one that, executed at a pretty high level last year without a traditional offseason um, with Baker kind of learning the offense on the job and Coach Stefanski was asked yesterday after the availability his impressions of Baker and his knowledge of the offense and potentially what could be in store for the future well I tell you Jake yes this is the first time I'm, I'm in person with him but we've been on a lot of zoom calls together so throughout the course of this offseason program going all the way back to April we've installed the offense we've watched tape together we've added new plays talked about old plays so uh we have a pretty good feel for where baker is really where the a uh, bunch of the guys that are returning are so uh we have work we have room to grow we have work to do and that was this was a step uh today was a step in that direction do you think um one thing they didn't do last year in large part because of kind of how hamstrung they were defensively with injuries and just personnel mm-hmm. um do you think that tempo is something they could add this year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Tem- tempo Baker is, loves it. Tempo is one of the um, – think about it. It's what Tom's used before. It's what Peyton yeah. – it, it, it's for a lot of different reasons, right? There's simple reasons as it takes a lot of the thinking out of it. You just get up to the line, yeah. go, and then you just react. And a lot of times your reactions – um, based on film study and based on just your play in the past has gotten you to where you are. Um, I'll, I'll never forget AJ Hawk talking about like how he thinks that too much film is a terrible thing. I remember hearing that in college. Like There is absolutely a fine line to where your instincts and flow of a game I think are way more critical than cognitively being able to say this is their tendency however seeing it over and over and over on film also can help you anticipate and then if you see it and react you're a split second faster out but you can also study way too much and be bogged down by it in the same way for a quarterback just getting up and go can really help you out just to make quick decisions and 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 uh really you know pull the trigger if you will and, and get rid of the football um defensively i hate tempo and tempo isn't just no huddle Go, go, go. It's the mixing up of tempo that frustrates the hell out of you as a middle linebacker or a play caller. Sure. It's 
getting up to the line of scrimmage and thinking, hey, we have this disguise package, and when I say move on Peyton's first cadence, then we're going to move to the second defense and we're going to show something else. So we might show blitz, then we're going to switch to a cover two look, but we're actually playing cover three. All right, we're going to do all that. Okay, sound good, all right? And then Peyton goes on the first sound. Boom. What? Wait, what? What are we playing? And no one knows what the hell we're in because he didn't let yeah. us get into it. And the next time we're supposed to, okay, hey, he's going to go quick, and then you expose your blitz. He goes, hut, 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 hut. And then all of a sudden you do your fake blitz, and now he's checking and he's audibling. And you're like, well, should we audible now? And then you audible back, and then he knows that you audible to cover two. <laughs> and then now, you know, now it's, a, it's a whole game. So he'll go on first sound sometime, and then he'll go on one or two. And then he'll go, oh, my. The whole thing is like a, a big mind challenge. And it's constant back and forth. And then it stresses you out during the week because if you're playing a guy like that, you say, hey, if we get caught in the blitz, we always go to cover two. We need more to go to. So now what are we going to go to? And now it's on you. What What's down in distance? All right, it's third and three. So if we get caught, I can't go cover two. That's throw catch first down. So now we got to check to some kind of base man defense. He's going nowhere in man. So they want plays or cut. Oh, ball snapped. It's all this mental jargon that makes a defender go through. And, and really it, it prevents you from really recognizing what the offense is trying to do to you, messing with the tempo. So, because you're worrying about your own communication. So, I absolutely think tempo should be involved. Did you? It's a, you said something that's brought something to my into my head that I hadn't had thought about for this segment, but now I want to get into it a little bit. When you knew that you had Manning, and and your bread and butter was your intellect. When you knew you had Manning, what was that like for you? What was that week like for you? What was the uh, anticip? Were you excited to match wits? What was kind of in your head? Um. Excited, stressed, because you knew that everything that you had you had hand signal wise, you had to change. Um, which we because he knew would, it, yeah, because he knew it. He knew the, the signals. He'd know our if I, if I'm out in the on film and every time that we've got caught in a, bl- a blitz, I keep doing this one signal. And he picks up. It doesn't matter what signal they do; they're going to cover two. Well, then you got hey, you know, Spags, we got to we got to check something else. Maybe we should check quarters. Maybe we should, because it's not, it's not enough just to change the signal that we do on the field for cover two that we do that every two or two weeks or every week. Anyway, we'd change the yeah. signal, what we're going to do for cover two to go to a coverage, but he's recognized that. So maybe we should go four. maybe we should have a couple options. And then the pace of it all, it's a lot to handle because you want to trick them and then you don't want to trick them. And then really what Spags did, um, you know, when he did the Brady, when he was with New York, was kind of the opposite. He just said, we're going to line up and just play. You know, we're going to line up mugged A-gaps every single snap, and we're going to let our four guys go and do the same look over and over and over. So it's, he's going to know what you're in, and I think there's a lot of stress to that. And I was a rookie when I played him that year, and so he just toyed with me. He just toyed with me, to be honest, because it was quick snap, it was this, it was that, and he just, he knew it. He knew it, and then that's when you realize, holy smokes, it's playing against a kid in Madden who sees what you select, who's cheating that way. That's what plays are on. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, and that type of preparedness is, yeah. it's really, it's its hard to wrap your head around. Drew had it, and, too. Drew had that, too. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're going to play that long at that level, you have to. There's a, Look, this is, this is binary. There's no cheating this. You either do it or you don't. And I think that's something, and as we, we talk about having this conversation about Baker, having about some of the things that they can do, and, and it's something we don't know about him that much because his start to his career has been so tumultuous and because last year no one was really around him. Um, but is he going to be about the work? It appears that he is, but you don't 
you you don't see it the way that you do because no one's been around him for a year. Um, but those are the guys that that can last because it's a lifestyle to play quarterback in that league. And he's got a coach up there now in Stefanski that is about that lifestyle. Yep. Like Kevin waited a long time to be a head coach. He was in Minnesota for almost twenty years. Yep. Um, not that he was necessarily been passed over or anything like that i think a lot of people identified him as someone who's going to had a chance to be a star uh but he was also very specific about the job that he would take because he had a great setup in minnesota and there's a lot that he likes about this one with the talent on the roster and all those things but he's going to be about the grind and then will baker fall into that if he is then they got a potential to have a peyton breeze type run i, I think that that's in play but that's kind of the big question and then what they do off of it the other thing about tempo guys is there aren't enough balls to go around up there. Mm. There yeah. aren't. Try yeah. playing with the Browns on Madden one time. And just, just for yourself, be like, um, as you get to the fourth quarter, go look, look at the – pull up the stats and go, all right, where are, does Kareem have 12 touches? Right. Oh, shoot. No, he doesn't. No. i got to get Kareem Hunt 12 touches in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, does Odell have six targets? Oh, no, he's got three. Yep. Does Jarvis have seven? Does Austin yep. Hooper have seven? So – Tempo allows for some of that to work itself out. Yep. So we'll see. Yep. I'll be very interested to see what they do offensively. Very interested to see what they do in Chicago with Justin Fields. You'll hear from Matt Nagy on that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Matty Ice never placed a bet before meeting Anthony Rothman. And now, where both his kneecaps are broken. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan. Two legends, one show. Well, it's all a lie. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. Winding down here on a first Friday edition of the program. Going to hear from Matt Nagy here in just a second. Before we do that, though, the basement Dr. Cardale Jones celebrity softball game presented by Record Automotive coming to Huntington Park on Saturday, July 17th. Join Buckeye Greats as they swing for the fences to benefit the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer. Each ticket sold gets you a chance to win a cabin on the 2022 Cruise. Head to 971thefan.com for all of the information. Um, Chris Collinsworth um, on PFF, his podcast, had Bears head coach Matt Nagy on and asked him about Justin Fields and his spot on the Bears roster. Is there a possible scenario where Justin Fields plays on opening night? No, I mean, Andy is our starter. And, and again, I can't predict anything, you know, that that's, you, you know how it goes. I mean, there's so many things that could happen between today and, and that week one, but that's Andy is our starter and, and Justin's our number two. And we are going to put, we're going to stick to this plan. Chops, can you play the start of that again and then cut it right after Collinsworth's question? Is there a possible scenario where Justin Fields plays on opening night? Okay, yeah, Andy Dalton gets hurt. I mean, there's is one. He, was he deaf to the <laughs> like, reaction of the fans of Chicago? What a weird And his answer. reaction at Wrigley Field? Do you think they're giving Andy Dalton Jeez. a standing ovation at Wrigley? I'm just wondering. <laughs> he even says, like, I can't predict what would happen in yeah. his answer. And it's like, well, that would be how it would happen. That would be, yeah, that's how it would happen. Yeah, Chris, you know, there actually is a way. If if Justin outperforms Andy over the summer and in the fall, then he'll be our starter. But as of right now, Andy has more experience in this league. He has more familiarity with the verbiage and everything, so he has a leg up. But, of course, there's an opportunity. If Justin plays better, then Justin will be our starter. That's it. That's it. Can you tell me why NFL guys won't do what you just did? 
Because I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't. Because what you did is what you say. That's what yeah. the Browns should have said when they drafted Baker Mayfield and they were insistent on Tyrod Taylor. I mean, they wouldn't even let Baker get a snap in preseason. You know how far it would go Hugh with Jackson those locker, give him a guys snap. in the locker room? Why? You just say, you know what? I owe it to the guys in that locker room to play the best player for our football team. And so Andy yeah. right now has a step up. Why does he have a step up, guys? Look, he's been in the league a long time. He understands the verbiage. Justin has done wonderful things early on. And I'm assuming he'll continue to grow over the summer. I've seen his work ethic. I think he'll get better. If Justin surpasses with production and camp, he'll be the starter week one. And if he doesn't, he won't. It's that simple. I will play the best player for our football team because I owe it to the guys. That's it. That's all I have to say. That's it. There's no. There doesn't need to be any prediction you guys about who's know? number one or who's two. You can look around uh, and go, oh, we got a guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can tell if somebody's ready or not. You're pros. You all know. True, true or false, if they roll out Andy Dalton week one, he gets booed. Well, he'll get booed 100%. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they open at home or not, but he'll 100% get booed. But beyond that, like it also puts you under the incredible crucible that if he doesn't play well, every missed throw he gets booed. Every, it's just you're setting yourself up for an impossible situation. Whereas if you just word it the way you worded it, and just say if he's ready, he'll play. If he yeah. gives us the best chance to win, he'll play. It's yeah. he'll have every opportunity to win the job. Then you can say, look, he's not ready. The reason we're not playing him is because he's not ready. It's my job to determine who's ready. Andy's ready. He's not. Like, right. why handicap it? Right. I don't know. Why put the limits on it? And I think he's trying to do what they did uh, um, in Kansas City with Mahomes and Alex Smith. But that is apples and avocados, man. Alex Smith was there running the offense under Andy Reid. Yeah. Yep. So there was all the familiarity in the world. This is not that. Right. Yeah. So the tone is just absolutely strange. Speaking of tone, strange. Have you heard some of these comments out of Tua Tonga-Vailoa? I have. Wow. I have. Yeah. Incredible comments um, in, in terms of his lack of being in the playbook, um, his, his not belief in, in what was called, and then saying, well, I didn't change it. I just rolled with the play, like almost throwing his offensive coordinators under the bus. Um, really, really troubling, I would think, if you're from Miami. And, and then I've heard in recent days that coach and GM, that Tua Tagovailoa was an ownership pick. Not a, not, of course, you're starting to hear this. Not a coach GM pick, right? Yeah. And then the news comes out. He threw five picks in day one of minicamp. He's available after. He says, obviously, you want to be smart, but if there's time to make mistakes, now's the time to make mistakes. We're seeing what we can fit into holes and what we can throw into coverages, come into the film room, and then learn from it. I mean, a lot going on there. Yeah, that that comment. eh. Nick Foles used to kind of say things like this, too, in OTAs. He would purposely try throws and try to hit windows that he knew would be risky. And then mm-hmm. his biggest take was, then day two, I just got to be better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't, what you don't want in the league is to have a five-interception day followed up by a five-interception day. So now it's like you go to the film room, you correct it, you say, all right, and I, yep, I, I confirmed my suspicions, can't fit that thing in there in cover two, <laughs> right? So right. it's – and then you just don't make those mistakes again. I understand what he's saying. You always try new things in the spring. But this comment looks worse when it's taken in the context of other comments he's already made this offseason. And just just very interesting. Very interesting. Um very, and it, I don't know a lot him at all, but I know like Tal- I know like what people have said about Talia and how he is just a film junkie, 
almost like obsessive, like we'll wait outside of the staff meetings. And then once Loxley's done, he's there, he's meeting. He wants to go yeah. over the practice again with him, even though he already went over it with his quarterback coach. Cause he wants to make sure he gets it from as many angles as possible. Um, you would have to assume to a similar, but I don't know. I don't know him at all. I don't know anyone who's covered him well enough to, who could attest to this, but he does seem like there's a lot of, confidence to him yeah you know yeah. there does seem that he feels like he can almost say and do anything um and i just didn't see it I, I don't see anything special with him i don't see anything special arm i don't see anything special processing i don't see anything special feet like to me he just looks like a a dude you know like i yeah. there's nothing that i see in him that leads me to believe oh like his delivery is a little long seems like it takes it a while to get out um, he benefited from playing on a team at, at Alabama that had significant talent upgrades across the board. Across the board were significantly better than, than 99% of the teams they played. Yeah. Um, and you saw what Mac Jones did last year with that, with that team. And so that takes a little bit of it off, too. And I do wonder, this, we've, this was always going to be the, the Deshaun Watson destination, and there's a lot of momentum that Watson will sit out this year, that he won't play this year, because this is just going to be too hard to try to sort out. And I do wonder if, if this does end up being where Deshaun Watson ends up. Yeah. Pretty straightforward yeah. to do the deal. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. But that's just crazy. I mean, what's the compensation if you sit out a year – a guy who hasn't played quarterback in a full year but has that skill set. I man. Well he's just not gonna there. get true value for him. No. No way. Not even close. No so, way. Um but they no might way. be in a position where they don't have a choice. Because I think they want they're ready to move off. And you know, they're they're obviously tanking for one of those quarterbacks next year and trying to build it that way. It's gonna be a long build there. Um yep. so they may be ready to move off and maybe Miami is is in the end it, it is where it ends. Because the stuff that you hear from two is just it's it's strange things. It's strange. And if the performance isn't backing it up either, then it kind of backs up every everything you kind of thought about that situation. Um, all right, we hit you your officially endorsed. Gets you three things on a first Friday. Up next, Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. All sports, all the time, and whatever it is Common Man and T-Bone do, we still don't know. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Two guys who love to see it. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. And it is a First Friday miracle. Hit it, Chopper. You drink for the wrong reasons. My generation, we drink because it's good. Because it feels better than unbuttoning your collar. Because we deserve it. We drink because it's what men do. Well, as Threes mentioned, it is uh, we are infringing on tequila season here, and there's a lot of great ones out there, and we've talked about them in various cocktails uh, from time to time, and we've had them as officially endorsed before. Um, there is one that is not marketed uh, in the way that some of them are, and that's not to say that the ones that are marketed aren't great. They are. They're all very, very good. This is, this, is, this is one of my personal favorites, and it is available in Ohio. You don't see it very often. It's been unofficially endorsed before, but it's been a while, and it's time to, to reintroduce you to it, and it is Grand Centenario in Yeho. Um, it is available in Ohio. Um, not every liquor store has it, but if you find it and you see it, it's a beautiful bottle. Scoop it up. Put it on some rocks with a couple of limes and enjoy. It is a smooth sipping tequila, and you're officially endorsed on this fine first Friday. Grand Centenario in Yeho. 
Time for three things on a first Friday. Hit it, Chops. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. So as we mentioned off the top, um, I did watch uh, some of Temp- uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark last night uh, with the boys. First time they'd seen some of it. Um, and was able to creatively fast forward through things, don't look, that type of stuff. But I came away with this. Um, Indiana Jones is really cool. And I think it's a bad job out of Harrison Ford that at age 80, he insists on still playing him. This should have just been our James Bond. Yeah. There's no reason that we haven't done indie movies with different actors over the last 40 years. Like, the idea, and I said at one point, he said, when I die, the character dies. Well, no, not. No. That that story can be redone again. Yes, you will be the best, much like Connery's the best. Most people think, even though I, you know Daniel Craig does a good job. But they, sh- they should be open to expanding that beyond an 80-year-old dude trying to bullwhip people. Yeah, I'm with you. My first thing, um, one thing I discovered on vacation is that my wife is an absolute meatball. So most people probably are like, oh, you're on vacation. I'm craving some ice cream, some chocolate. She says to me one day, I'm craving just a big chicken breast. And so we go to the grocery store. And obviously okay. we don't get chicken breast. Which, by the way, huge win. Their grocery store there, elite. Elite. Who knew wow. that, that Turks and Caicos had an elite grocery I mean. A lot of the same uh, gluten-free products that we get here at home. Anyway, elite. Um, but she gets two packets of organic deli turkey. That's all she wanted. I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm just a complete meatball. Just protein. That's it. <laughs> My first one, we were hoping for this, but we pulled up a corner of the carpet in the master bedroom, which was completely worn out, and we were going to get rid of it no matter what. Anyways, but underneath it, hardwood. So very exciting right. for us. We're, we're happy with that. So we're... The, the master bedroom is going to be our big project. She wants to paint it a different color. We're going to get a king-size bed. It's big enough for that. Now we'll have to get a nice rug to put under it or anything. But the hardwood, definitely a good look. That's a win. Always a win when you find those things. Good job out of you, Chopper and J-Lo on that. Number two for me. Um, I was thinking about this this morning and the news of, and, and obviously Chris Paul's different because that's you know COVID-related, but Kawhi now out. Uh, looks like the rest of that. Uh, no Kyrie. Harden limited, obviously. LeBron and AD. Clay. Maybe the reason there's been so many injuries is they tried to play two NBA seasons in a year. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not it. Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe. And maybe in retrospect, we shouldn't have tried to force feed essentially two seasons in a calendar year. Mm. uh, Because that's what they did. And and the human body can only take so much. And I think we've seen this. uh, We're seeing this with, with ligaments and all of the stuff that's happening. And... This is, these are some of the biggest stars in the league who missed significant time this year due to injury. And I have to imagine that wear and tear of essentially two seasons in a calendar year had a big, big role in that. Yeah, and that's basketball. So what blows my mind is that we have people that are at a high level in our conference in the Big Ten that thought we can do a spring football season and a fall oh, in a calendar geez, can year. Can you imagine that? That would I mean, holy cow! Fireable. I mean, Insane. just add it to the list. Yep. My second thing, um, it literally is a piggyback off what we are just talking about. And I know him, and I like him. But when I saw this quote, I wanted to crow hop and discus throw my <laughs> iPad. Jaguars passing game coordinator Brian Schottenheimer said, "Team hasn't named a starting quarterback yet. It's still too early to say see how things are going to play out." Oh, my God. 
I wonder if Urban just going to play Minchu team meeting. Just walked right up. <laughs> we got to make Trevor earn it. <laughs> you may as well just say there were reports that I could be the starting quarterback in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, don't know how it's going to play out, chops. We don't know. We'll have to see. My next one, uh, we took Kit to the new house yesterday. That was fun. We took two trips over there, brought her. She was running around the backyard. I think she's going to acclimate just fine to the more space. I mean, it's just all good things for a dog. But the, the biggest thing about taking the trips over that I liked is a lot of the boxes we got were from the, the move that the fan just made. They At the office, I was like, hey, you guys got any boxes? They gave me some boxes. A lot of them were like file boxes, and it's been perfect because they're like made to fit in cars. So it like loads up perfectly, and it, it's not very much Jenga with it. They just load right in i've been very happy with that that's very very good you guys will remember yesterday uh i told you the story number three for me uh that bootsy said quote i hate safety town and i'm not going anymore uh well i'm happy to report that bootsy's back at safety town today and you don't want to know why bootsy's back at safety town because he's a kid and we're the parents (laughs) and parents have to be undefeated that's why he's at safety town no doubt so he can cry all he wants and, and 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 he can try to put up any sort of issue he wants all morning long, right. which he did, and I witnessed. But parents have to be undefeated. So right. enjoy Safety Town, Bootsy. That's right. Can't wait to hear about it. Hope you have a great time. Um, my last thing, this this blew my mind, by the way. Um, which, by the way, Gardner Minshew? What are we talking about? The guy's like Samson. He just lost all his power. He cut the mullet. Anyway, back to the He's third no thing. No mullet, back to right? The third thing. Um, Mackenzie Scott. You know who she is? She is the widow. Should oh, I? Gosh, not widow. That's a terrible. Why do I say widow? She's the ex-wife. Oh, is she Bezos? Of Bezos. Do you know what she's okay. done? Yeah, I did know. In the she. last few years. No. Last year, in 2020, she gave away $6 billion to charity. This year already, $2.7 billion. So people are saying, it doesn't matter. Her her self-worth has gone up because of the company. She You're owns all the stock. It? It's still rising. I don't care how much it's rising. She gave away oh. eight plus billion dollars to charity. Good job out of her. Yeah, that's a staggering Jeez. number. Eight billion. I love when everybody wants to minimize other people giving away their money. Of course, that's yes. always one of my favorite things. Yeah, yeah. Just like all the CEOs in town, they're like, Lower dot com field. Put your company on it. Then pay the bill. My last one. I like the playoffs when players lose and then they're still watching. You saw like guys like LeBron were talking about KD's night last night. There's probably some old people who you know wouldn't like that all these players care about the other guys, but I, I think that's entertaining to see out there that these guys are watching their, their fellow basketball players or whatever sport it might be, throwing it out on social media, some accolades that, hey, what a night from that guy. I like it. Yeah, it is cool. That's one of the positives of social media. There and I believe in supporting cool. other players, which um, is really hard for me to watch the playoffs knowing that I never made it. That was hard for me as I played to sit and enjoy yeah, watching that, the playoffs. That, that, that. I can understand that. Um, all right. Rothman and Ice up next. We're back tomorrow. Enjoy your first Friday. Act accordingly. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.